Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Weird Science DC Comics Rant and Rave podcast. This is another standalone episode. We have a bunch of rant and raves, and they're a bunch of long ones. So I'm not going to delay anymore. Let's hit the music. Yes, and we do have a rant and rave line that you can call in to at 641-715-3900, enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. If Eric was here, he'd tell you it's just that easy. Obviously, you don't have to use that line either. A lot of people do uh, just send in audio of their rant and raves. And we're going to start this week right away. And I'll tell you right now, I hope that these are pick-me-ups for me this week because I've had an awful week. And I need a pick-me-up. I've not listened to these beforehand because it would have taken so long, as you'll see. Uh, but the first one is from Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Hi. Greetings, Eric. And hello, mother. So first of all, I need to give a shout-out to the Get Fresh crew. Let's see. This week we will go up. Poop. Poop. Mr. Sulu said <laughs> course for whoop. 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 Indeed. And, of course, a very, very special shout-out to... The universally beloved, sorely missed, and uh, most popular member of the Get Fresh crew, the king of the Get Fresh crew, Richard Richardson. Richard Richardson here. Long may he reign. Yes. Anyway, um, so last week during my rant and rave, I triggered you, Jim. I will oh, try not to do so this week. So I'll just keep it about uh, regular basic nonsense. Thank and goodness. Comics. So, uh, you were so triggered last week, I think you missed... <laughs> He's going to go on about how I was triggered, but not trigger me. Um, one of my... And I don't get triggered by Mike. Uh, I just... Uh, I, I think that what happens are people, and this happens in the mail too, I trigger myself, and that's not a good quality to have. Superman characters, LL characters from the yes. vast library of uh, Superman past characters. LL we characters. about the Brian Michael Bendis introducing an MM character yes. and how it's kind of ridiculous because it's always LL characters with Superman. Like LL Cool J. So um, get your bell ready. Here was my list of uh, LL characters last yes. week, which I think you missed one. Let's LeBron Lane. Get your Lames. bell ready. Here we go. Uh, the first one is Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Lana Lang. Lana Lang. Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. 
Lori Lamars. Lori Lamars. Lotta Labia. I don't know that one. And I don't know if you're familiar with that character. <laughs> no, but that I'm might not be digging my that one. Favorite Superman <laughs> female character in the vast pantheon, yeah. like I said, of Superman characters. Yes. Also, um, you were talking a bit about minor league baseball last week. And yes, yes the Smokies are double A. Oh, double They are That's the double cool. A affiliate of the 2016 World Series champion Chicago Cubs. Ooh. And they play at Smokey Stadium, which has been voted America's friendliest ballpark. And I believe also, that was by Ballpark Digest. but Now, that was by the Smokies themselves, but that's fine. Do not quote me on that. But anyway, America's Friendliest Ballpark, and I would agree with that assessment. Except the nights that Mike goes, he says. No. I've never had anything but a good time there. That's win awesome. Or lose, Double A's awesome. When you win, it is a bit more fun. Yeah. But anyway... Um, did see a concert Wednesday, so my new comic book day was actually Thursday because I went to see um, Journey and uh, Def Leppard. Yeah. Journey opened, which is good because Def Leppard is better, and they closed. And um, they're both good, though. Um, Journey is it was a good concert, but they have the original lineup. Everyone from the Frontiers. Slash, you know, escape that that kind of lineup. Yeah. They've ever all those band members back, except of course Steve Perry is Steve not there. Perry, it's, no. uh, now Arniel Panadia. Who's- I, I have had a thing too. Is what happened to Steve Perry? Because I see, and I'm telling you, I'm not going to get fooled by clickbait. Most of the times, I mean, you see these clickbaits of, yeah, look at this actor from this show. Where do you see him now? And then when I click, I never even see him now. It's not, but I do see like, what happened to Steve Perry and the reason nobody will deal with him. And I just figure he's a dick. That's why I figure that nobody's dealing with him and I never click. But with all this and him not, you know, going with Journey and things like that, I just wonder why if he could sing. Still, if, if it's not that he, you know, had uh, nodes or whatever on his uh, vocal cords or he's whatever, like he could have his own touring. I've, I've never actually myself seen it advertised of him touring by himself. So I always wonder what happened to him. Who's been, who's been there? Pineda, I'm sorry, who has been their lead singer. Yes, and he's talking about uh, the guy that they have as the lead singer. Uh, who's really good. I don't know if he's going to be saying that he was good in this concert. I've seen videos, and he's incredible. Or, uh, he's a small fellow, though. Several years now, but he, he he hits all the notes, and he's really energetic, and it was, mm-hmm. it was he's really good. Yeah, I like he, him. He rocks. Um, but Neil Sean <laughs> needs to cut down on the extended solos where really? he makes every show in or every song into a Neil Sean. Yeah. Bit. And that's weird because I like Neil Sean and I like journey. I think journey is at this point, unfortunately such a weird underrated band because they're such a good band. And one of those bands that I think Mike would agree as well is like there there's bands that have incredible greatest hits albums and they have it. It's like them and Farner to me are, are big ones that I don't hear them talked about a lot, but boy, their greatest hits are, are hits. Uh, but Neil Schoen has to realize I don't really see, uh, you know, the list of greatest guitarists and his name on there, though he's great and a great songwriter and all that. But yeah, I wouldn't want to be in a concert to see him just go and parade around doing solos. You don't need that, though. I do want their keyboardist to play a pretend keyboard on the wall. Like in a certain video. Down session and then has a couple of other solos. Like we, yeah, we, they don't need it's, that. It's, 
that one time it was like, okay, it's Neil Sean featuring Journey. So, yeah, you don't want Yeah, that. besides that, though, I mean, you know, besides those little lulls where it's like, hey, the crowd's really into it. Let's take them right out of it. Yeah. Uh, besides that, Journey was good, uh, really good. And Def Leppard, as always, are just, they are just fantastic and fabulous. And, and yeah, so they're always a good time. So I did see that. And when I went to my new comic book day on um, Thursday, I found out that David and I was a big Def Leppard fan back in the day. I actually saw them in the round. I did back then. And yeah, another band that sadly things I'm realizing in my older age that things that you think will last forever never do. So yeah, you're not hearing a lot of people talk about Def Leppard. But really, they are good. Stephanie, the owners, had actually gone to the concert the night before also because I said, you know, I went to Journey Def Leppard last night. And they're like, hey, we were there too. So there you go. Anyway, um, let's see. Is that I agree. This is just going back to comics now. Actually. Oh, I agree with comics. your assessment. You say that uh, Scott Snyder loves DC Comics, and I agree with you. Here we go. Here we go. Because I totally agree that Scott Snyder loves DC Comics, written by Scott I, I was going to say, I thought that he was going to say Scott Snyder loves DC Comics because DC Comics has become Scott Snyder, and Scott Snyder loves himself. He's going a little different route, but yeah, he's going. Snyder. So, yeah, he yeah, loves besides that, you know. But don't you want a writer who's confident in his abilities and loves? Don't you have to love yourself before you can love others, Mike? That's what I heard. And so, talking transitioning here into the uh, comics. So, I don't know if you got the DC Nation magazine that came out I this did. week. It was free at the comic book shop. So, I don't know if you got a digital issue or I got, know, a digital. got one sent to you is issue number one. I and think I, th they, I think actually, now that you, th uh, now that you say that, I think DC did send me. Rebooted this seven, eight hundred times, but there was an interview in there. Yep. A combined interview with Scott Snyder and Brian Michael Bendis. And I wonder. I don't know. The only thing I was wondering if that, uh, I read that. I don't know if it, did they, was it lotion, maybe baby oil, or maybe just Astro? I thought he was going with the idea that uh, they couldn't get both of them in the same room because of their swelled heads. But that's I don't know what they handed them before the interview, but it was, um, yeah, they were stroking each other quite a bit, and I would not want there to be, you know, chafing there, so... Yeah, that was a, that was a uh, massive That's what it is. Uh, you, Mike knows the game. Two. It was kind of annoying. <laughs> so, um, let's see, four comic books I bought this week. One is not DC, and it is uh, Red Sonja Tarzan number two by uh, Dynamite, written by yep. Gail Simone. Simone with art by Walter Giovanni. Yeah, it, Giovanni. I wonder if he has a sexy brother, Walter he Giovanni. He does. He has a sexy but two brothers. Anyway, um, the art was a, a bit further... Uh, by the way, people, if you don't, if you don't know this, Jim reviewed this on Jim's oh. other review podcast yes, on uh, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can find other shows by these guys. So I listened, I'm a member, signed up at patreon.com slash weird science and listened to Jim's other review podcast where he talked about uh, Red Sonja Tarzan yep. number two. I liked it a bit better than. Uh, Jim did, I That's think. That's good. Month. I'll probably go maybe 8, 8.5. The, the art was a bit down. Yeah, I think I went like seven, seven, five, somewhere around there. Uh, I just thought it was a lot of setup, and I thought the art was a little down. And wonky in parts, but yeah. um, there were some great humorous moments. He can really draw Red Sonya, though. It really seemed like he took a lot of time on Red Sonya. And um, it was, it, it's 
kind of like what she did with Wonder Woman and Conan, but they're different enough. I mean, it's not, they, there was a flashback and, you know, there was some, there were some, you know, great action sequences and, and mm-hmm. great story. It's just the, but it's different enough. I mean, it's, Gail Simone just does a great, the more I read, of Gail Simone, the more of a fan of her writing. And that's awesome. I remember uh, next week, DC-wise, Plastic Man number one comes out, so we'll see how good that is. I become. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to check out some more of that stuff in the uh, in the back issues of uh, DC Comics yeah. and uh, some other comics. But, yeah, so, um, and the, the and I don't want to give away too many spoilers here, but, yeah, the, the twist at the end. That was a that was a beautiful rendition of the machine. That's all yes. I'm going to say. It was. Yeah, um, it was. It's, I know I, what you're saying, Mike. Unexpected version of where that went because I thought it would be more mystical. I it agree. Into more science. That's exactly like what the two I said. Combined and she just crafts a Ms. Ms. Gelsman just crafts a wonderful story. So I'm definitely on board for issue number three and probably that whole mini series because I am she, too. Uh, it, it does not disappoint. She does not disappoint very often, and I'm looking forward to her Plastic Man mini. Oh. So let's see. What else did I get? I got Man of Steel number two, which I quite – I hear a lot of people throwing shade at it. I quite enjoy it. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't read Rebirth Superman, so maybe I don't have that built-in bias where I miss what Tomasi Gleason and all that – what those people were doing. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't reading those, like I said. So I don't have any. I don't miss them. So you know. But I am enjoying this one so far. Um, okay. So I, I'm giving Bendis a chance. I don't know. Everyone's throwing shade at him, and I just I read the comic book. I enjoy it. I'm telling you right now, uh, we talked about it this week on the podcast, and yeah, I, I'm a little down on it after two issues. I think it's a little more boring than I thought, but I have not given up. I said, I think I say when we're talking about it, that by this time, I'm just waiting now to get to Superman and Action Comics when we go back to the regular books that I see the game they're playing here. I see Bendis is trying to kind of, you know, rework what he wants to go forward, but also show you that he likes Superman. It's it's no shock. This is just a setup to kind of give everybody a chance. You're going to have two books. So I know they want you to buy both books so they're going to have this mini series, which is just him, one focused deal, one story, hoping that everybody's going to jump on. And yet when he writes it, it doesn't seem like he's writing it to get people to jump on it. He seems to be writing it to try to prove that he's the smartest guy because I think that he's playing a game with Lois and John that people don't want to play that game. Well, at the end of the day, when you have the, the reveal that Lois, John, whatever you have – you're already pissing people off. So you're trying to, it's like one of those where I'll, I'll ask you where, yeah, I'm a doctor. Where does it hurt? Oh, my knee. And then I punch you in the jaw and say, see, it doesn't hurt you as much in the knee anymore. Like one of those, you know, gags. And I don't know why he's playing that gag. I really don't. I wish that he was coming out. You can have a, make a, a six issue mini. That is just Superman just being the best guy ever. And he's going home and him and John are there and him and Lois. Well, we don't know what his story is going forward or whatnot. But still, I just don't know why he's trying to play games at this point when he has just jumped on. And in the meantime, pretty much kicked off two uh, writers and an artist, an artist that, that people really loved and with characters that they loved. And now you're playing the game. It just I don't know why. I enjoy where it's moving along. I enjoy the mystery of where is Lois, what they're yeah, playing and, with. And again, and you, Mike wasn't that in. It pays off by the end of this run, and that will decide whether or not 
I buy the ongoing Superman yeah. and or action comics. And let's see, I've bought the Wonder Woman annual. Okay. <sighs> Here we go. I The whole thing seemed to be, let's show Wonder Woman as a star sapphire. Yep, because I say we want to do that. And people might That's like it. it. I don't know. They need to put it in the Injustice game, I guess. I don't know. But it was it was an issue. It tangentially tied in not much. And no. my big thing I had that you, you didn't mention on the uh, spotlight for this one, the one guardian that keeps showing up, Asshole Tatiana Ali or whatever yeah, his name yeah. is, he, at certain panels, it's like they forget that he's blue. It's like, oh, there's the call. He's <laughs> Caucasian again. Wait, no, he's blue. No, no, he's Caucasian again. Wait, what the hell was wrong with the coloring? So that was the one might thing. Might be the that way really they're trying to do shadows. Out of it. And it was, it was a story. It didn't infuriate me, but it was no. needless. It was pointless. Yep. And the whole love, I mean, I know it's the Star Sapphires, but it was, yeah, I could have done without that backstory of that. I guess it, one of the dark gods and the fact that it ties in the metal, sea metal number six or whatever. Well, Believe me, Mike, you, you don't need to. I, I know that when you see that, you get upset and whatever, but this one is, you, you don't need to see shit. Basically, from here on out, I will give you a primer on any book that you want to read that is going to include a sea metal, see this, this is it. The Justice League done fucked up and they messed up the source wall. There you go. You're good to go from now on. I have now caught you up with the Jim's Notes version. They messed up the source wall. That's what everybody's going with. That's what we're going with forward. And there you go. Done and done. No, no. I don't want to see metal number six. I'm not going to see metal. See, I already told you. You don't have to. Number six. You sold Jim number one. Can't make me see metal number six. But anyway, I need to pause for a second. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm back. I didn't want to flip through the comic. He's back. While everyone I thought he had to go to the bathroom. I was waiting. I went into the actual comic book and looked, and the editor's note actually said, see Dark Knight's Metal number six, and it was N-I-T-N-I-G-H-T-S, not K-N-I-G-H-T-S. Yeah. So they actually got the editor's note yep. right. They finally did. For, for a change, so I'm sure that would make Jim happy. Yes. But like I said, I'm not going to see Giddy. Dark Knight's Metal number no, you don't have because to. I refuse because that source wall was busted up. That is bullshit. And then I got Batman number 48, uh, The Best Man. Now, I'm one of those people who said I was going to drop Batman after issue 50. Ooh, I think that now he's going to drop it earlier. I have changed my mind now because I read this issue, and I don't think I'm going to drop Batman after issue number 50. <laughs> I think I'm going to drop Batman right the fuck now. I agree. Because that was bullshit. It was but why, but why, Mike, tell me why everybody loves it on Twitter and reviews. They, they can't. They're falling over each other to try to tell everybody how great this was. And really, all it was is because it was the Joker. 
I, that's all this has. Uh, obviously, it's all it has. He's just talking. Batman does nothing. Batman doesn't act like Batman. Batman doesn't try to stop anything with the Joker. He's just there. He's sitting amongst dead people. Uh, you know, people who won a bride that he just saw get shot in the face with no reaction to it. You know, that's a good thing. I, I love this. I love Batman. I always wanted a Batman. I know that there's the Bat God on one side. And there's the I don't give a shit about anything Batman, who I think I'll call the Zoloft Batman because he acts like when I was on Zoloft. Somebody comes in and kicks me in the balls and I'll, <laughs> not even a laugh, like, hey, what do you think of that, buddy? <sighs> Amen. So that's, that's all he's awful, saying. Awful. It's awful. Fucking travesty of, of everything that you guys said on the Patreon spotlight. I agree with. It's just horrible. Yeah, and that Patreon spotlight, anybody listening to this who's a patron, uh, you can ask them. I'm depressed. I'm not having fun being mad at Batman. It's not fun to be angry all the time when you're usually angry in your regular life. This is what I need comics for to give me a pick-me-up. And I look at Batman, and I'll I'll just keep saying, everybody out there who is listening to this and loves that Batman and the Tom King Batman run, please don't ever get to me and say, oh, I like it because it's not the Bat God, or I like it because it's a humanized Batman, because I don't see a human there. I believe he's a robot. I think that they have got an android Batman that's involved that only, unfortunately, when they were programming them, they only programmed them to say, er, or I don't know, or amen. That's all he knows. I have not seen. When are we going to see? When are we getting this issue where Alfred comes to Bruce, where Bruce is sitting there in the cave, just sitting there without the cow on, upset, and Alfred comes in and says, sir, what's wrong? And then Bruce says, you know what? I don't, things are going too fast here. I don't know what's going on. You know, I thought that I wanted to do this to be happy. And I still think that I want to marry Selena. But, you know, things are swirling around and I don't know if I could deal with it. And then Alfred, and this is me saying, keep the wedding on. And then Alfred says, listen, I just want to tell you, when when I took over, my dad was talking to me about the job or I used to get led, whatever it was, and spells out, you know what? You're, you're very similar to what your dad was doing when he met your mother and very similar to every living person who gets married. Listen, you're Batman. I know that you don't like to show emotions. I know that you think you figured it all out and are prepared for everything. You know what you're not prepared for? Life. You don't understand exactly what this is because you can't punch it. Again, you go to the back. This isn't a anxiety or a worry that you can go out into the night and punch a bunch of villains and make yourself feel better like you have done all these years about, you know, your parents dying and things like that. Unfortunately, this is something that you will have to face as a man, as a Bruce Wayne. And this is something everybody faces. And I promise you, at the end, you will be better for it. And when you look back, you'll laugh about it. You'll laugh and do all this and stuff like that. And well, we don't get that. Where is when Damien comes down and not as a joke, not as a throwaway Tim Seeley tie-in. When is there when Damien comes walking down to the cave where there's Batman doing Batman things and Damien comes down and says, you know, father. And, you know, he's like, and this is what Damien always says, you know, father. But somehow he says it. And then Bruce like, what do you want, Robin? And they're like, no, no, no. Father. I need to talk to you for once. You know, me and you don't, have, you know, I'm an emotionless, you know, piece of crap too. I need to talk to you because I'm worried about this. I'm worried that you're going to forget about me. I'm worried. And when Bruce says, I'd never forget about you, I want Tom King to pull it back and say, Damien, say, like, you already have. I mean, I found out you were getting married from Alfred. 
I had to go to a Middle Eastern fucking forbidden city and sit on steps for you to come out. And when you came out, you were almost dead. You were bleeding out. I don't want this to happen. I don't want you to do something that may jeopardize you and our relationship. It may end up where they're doing this. Have you thought this out? Is this something that you really have thought out? And him saying to Damien, listen, yes. And then Damien just like, I mean, you could even go as far as Damien saying, like, why not my mom? I know that she tried to kill him or did kill him and he came back. But, you know, there's a lot of things you can deal with with this family that he has never done. He has never set up this wedding. This wedding is the biggest issue. I can't say this enough. It's the biggest issue that we're going to get for years and years and something that people are going to look back at. And yeah, they're going to look back 10 years from now and just read that issue. Unfortunately, we're here and I want to lead up to it. I want to see a Bruce Wayne. Every time we get emotions from Bruce Wayne and whole Tom King's run, it's not from him. You, you get Gotham Girl showing up. Don't you want to be happy? And the oh yeah, you know what I do? I think I do. Okay, let's go off. And then since then, all this humanized deal, even where people, the super friends deal, they're at the fair. Batman says nothing. He's upset the whole time. He's pissed off. It is nonsense. I don't want Batburger. I don't want Kite Man. What I want is an actual writing of emotions about a character that I care about and want to see. And you don't get it from this. See, Mike, you're triggering me. We're not getting this from this run. And that's the biggest problem I have with it. Not that I hate Tom King. Not that he's, you know, falling down and hurting himself. Not that he does Mr. Miracle. I'm talking about Batman because I love Batman. I want a Batman book. I don't see one. I see one in Detective, possibly. You know, anytime right now, Batman is in Deathstroke, better Batman than we've had all Tom King, in my opinion. Now, you have your guys' opinion, you like it, but tell me where the cohesiveness and the story, what is the overall story since, say, you know, issue 19, issue 16? I'm just throwing out numbers because we have none. You have so many inconsistencies within a story and within an arc. And then on top of that, if we were getting a good Batman, I could overlook it. Everybody overlooks it. They go in like they, they've never seen anything better than, than the last one. And I don't understand. I just, it makes me so angry that I feel like I am sitting there and, and I am there in They Live. I'm, I, I'm a Rowdy Roddy Piper and I have the glasses on and I can see. That there's aliens on billboards and all around us. And I'm trying to put these glasses on people. Nobody wants the glasses. And yeah, I don't know that I want the glasses because yeah, you can sit there and think everything. And if you like it, you like it. It it is basically to me empty calories. I could, you know, we could be getting a a dinner that's healthy and things like that. Instead, we're getting cheese puffs that we enjoy while we're eating them. They don't do anything at the end. (sighs) Ah. Horrible. Just. Horrible characterization. Batman standing there like a dumbass, doing nothing while people are being killed. While a guy who is, you know, he just lets someone else be killed. That's just all to him. Yeah. He, and he lets himself get shot. At he least react. Disarm. The Joker is the most ineffectual. One time he has it two is, guns. It's actually worse than Snyder's Batman now. It's horrible. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to buy. Always a Snyder dig in there. Another issue of this run. And I I give Mike full props. I do. I give you full props because you have been letting, a lot of people have been letting him lead us on. They've been letting us, we're hostage till till the wedding. Because you want the wedding. This is the big thing. Everybody, even if they don't agree 
with the wedding. They want to see it. They want to be there for it. They want to read it. It's it's the biggest thing. But he he doesn't seem to care. He doesn't seem to ever set it up. I mean, at this wedding, who knows what's going to happen because we don't know. There's never been a setup. And yeah, Tim Seeley swooped in to give you a little bit with these preludes. But really, are the preludes needed if we actually had proper setup? If we actually had the Bat family sitting around and talking about this? And don't give me this nonsense. With If you're the Tom King lover and say, oh, but Jim, that would be boring. <laughs> it's par for the course. Really? That'd be boring? Like I said, I don't need Batman to punch somebody as long as I'm getting Batman. And as long as I'm being told, I love this run at certain points. After I Am Bane, I was done. And really what happened was, I Am Bane and all the stuff, he was, I'm going to kill myself, I'm going to, I'm suicidal, I want a good death that my parents would be proud of, led to him then falling in love with Selena, or at least doing, and you had that letter that he threw out there in the I Am Suicide, where Selena had written a letter about when I was in the orphanage, I looked at the paintings, and it was the Waynes and all this, and I wish that this and that. He wrote back the letter and said, I feel silly being Batman. I go out in this costume. I'm a, I'm a grown man. I dress up as a bat. I wonder what my parents would think of me. Are they, do they think I'm silly? Would they laugh? And you know what? You won't laugh at me. You're the, you're the one who won't laugh. And I said, I think then, I don't think Wonder Woman's laughing or, you know, Superman. He has friends. But he's a, you're the one who wouldn't laugh, kind of getting the connection. So you get this whole thing like, okay, he's out fighting crime and doing this in the suit. But all in all, in his mind, he's also like, well, Selena, this and that. Well, then in I Am Bane, he's fighting Bane. He's in the heaven of the mind where he meets up with his mother and says, listen, mom, this is what I'm doing. Nice progression from this letter too, where he's fighting Bane. And at this point, he can either give up. And get killed by Bane. I mean, Bane's going to kill him. He is kind of already killed him. He can give up and just let rest. Like Batman, he just wants to rest. Or he can realize, I don't fight crime just for my parents. I fight crime for the people who need me to fight for them. And one of the big things would have been Gotham Girl at that point as well, where he was doing all this stuff during that to get her because of the wrongs that had happened. So he said, listen, listen, mom, I love you. I'll see you later. You know, me and you will meet in heaven, you know, play tears in heaven right now and then go off in your deal. Say hi to dad. And I'm going to go now. And now what I am is I'm the Batman. And that's when he wakes up and there's Bane. Aren't you going to say anything? Whatever. Yeah, I'm Batman and headbutts Bane. Now, this wasn't a one shot done deal. They had been fighting all this time, but this was a turning point. Oh, my God. Batman, it's awesome. We don't have to deal with him always wondering about it. This is a Tom King who's doing something really good with the character saying, enough of this nonsense as a kid. I'm grown up now, but I'm going to continue doing this because people need me. And then the button comes where it's not just him, but the button comes and then his dad at the end of the button says, and it's the flashpoint deal. Don't be Batman. Just go and do that. And then we lead on from that into the regular series. And you know what you got from either of those? Nothing. It's not even referenced again. He doesn't even care. He just goes on. And then the the whole run has become basically fan service. And I'm not talking fan service, DC. I'm talking his fans. And I'm talking on Twitter where I, if you can't see that he's writing things and you see what people react on Twitter and then you can mark your calendar, then in about two months' time when the issues will catch up to what he's writing right then, you'll have exactly what he's talking about then because this is all he wants is applause. Instead of wanting to write a character that will get applause if you write a good character, he is just doing it for whoever's kissing his ass at that time. And it's infuriating. It's not Batman. I, I, 
I don't want to see what happens in part two because I know what's going to happen is Catwoman's going to come in and save the day and it's super cat. And yep. then they're going to have the wedding and the wedding issue is going to be, I don't know, probably close to nine or $10. They're actually having a, uh, yeah. I, you know, I got the invitation. They're actually having a release party at the golden age, uh, 1942, midnight, a midnight release party. Which I could go because I'm I'm actually you know off work July the fourth yeah um, Independence yeah that's Day, actually in the U S so, that's and, pretty and cool it's deal, a actually. formal dress contest contest so if I, if I cared enough I could you know get my old tux out of the mothballs and uh, <laughs> that's a phrase from the chaise there uh, <laughs> get my old tux out of the mothballs and you know put that on and go go see if I could win the best dress contest but I don't care enough about Tom King's Batman to do that. And I know that issue is going to be overpriced and I know I wouldn't enjoy it even if I got it. So why do I want to pay even more money than I was normally paying for this? I, I can't wait for Cap, uh, Kite Man to show up and say, hell yeah, that's what I need. For this Batman series to get a Batman overpriced issue that I'm not going to enjoy. So I don't, I don't. I don't care. It's the wedding and then it'll just keep going on. It'll just be, it'll be set up for whatever comes next where, you know, the honeymoon and the child and the trial with Bruce Wayne serving. I don't care. I don't care about this Tom King run of the supposed Batman anymore. And I can't, I can't take it. I'm not going to buy anymore. So I said I was going to go to issue 50. Fuck that. I don't need to go to issue 50. I don't need to go to issue 49. This comic was the worst comic I've read in so long. It infuriated me so much. Just the fact that it is total ridiculous bullshit garbage. So funny. I'm yelling just a little bit ago, uh, but uh, I I guarantee you Mike's more pissed than me. (laughs) Like he doesn't usually get even this bad uh, when he gets upset. So yeah, he's, he's frustrated and pissed. I am not going to read any more Tom King Batman. I'm out. I am done. Fini, finito. Just yeah. done. Anyway, that's how I felt about Batman number forty-eight. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I, it was it. It's awful. It's freaking awful. And I know I'm. I'm What's sorry. If there's anyone out there who is enjoying this run, and I, I know. I don't argue. I, I I know Bobby does enjoy this run. Yeah, and Bobby if you likes enjoy it. it. That's that's great. I'm I'm you know I don't care if you enjoy it. I think it's like a jump in and out thing. If you you can just not worry about it, it comes out. You read it and you go along. And I, I, good I don't for know. you. I yeah. just do not. I like lots of different Batman. Scott Snyder's Batman was never by Batman. No, this it wasn't. is definitely not by Batman. But like I said, I've got you know like Jim. I liked Brave and the Bold, which he oh. watched with his kids. I I loved. Don't it. have kids and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Batman sixty six. I enjoy I like Batman. It. I enjoy the Batman from the Batman v Superman Justice League. I enjoy, you know, now you're going to. Dark Knight Returns Batman. I actually yeah. like Dark Knight Strikes again. So I like <laughs> several different versions. You know, I love my, you know, my seventies Batman, the one, you know, the one I grew up with. I love Batman from. Yeah. I love all kinds of Batman, but not this one. This is not a character this and it's weird it's just like i said i even talked to somebody on on uh, twitter this week and and it's basically a lot of people are going with the idea that they like this batman because it's not a batman you've ever seen but there might be a reason for that there might be the reason that in the past editors would have stepped in and said this is nonsense i mean maybe somebody was going to give you this type of batman before maybe this is the time for it 
but it, I know that we haven't seen it before because I don't recognize it as Batman. It's character. You, you take the, the, you know, the costume off, it's not really Batman. You just get nothing. It's not a Batman I can get behind. I don't like it one little bit, and I'm not going to spend any more money on it. So anyway, but like I said, if you like it, then, you know, everyone likes different things. I'm, yeah. Like I said, I don't like Snyder's Batman, and a lot of people love that. So there you go. And a lot of people love this Batman run. So yeah. if you like it, more power to you, just not for me. And anyway, sorry, I went on a bit about that. But anyway, so I'm going to try to wrap fun. it up here. Let's see. I do have plans tonight. Now, um, I am going to go with Mrs. Nancy Mike, and we're going to have a lovely dinner. I saw that dinner. So, let's see. Um, Potato skins and food. Go, we're going to go to a restaurant. Oh, now, a restaurant. I don't restaurant. know if you know this. If you could guess. I don't the, know if this restaurant will have Smokey in, in the deal. but the restaurant we're going to. So, so Jim, what restaurant? Jim or Eric. Eric, chime Eric's in here. Eric's not here. What restaurant <laughs> are it has to be Mrs. the Smoky Dancing Mountain Brewery or to to the side items and of Eric the Smoky Mountain Brewery. What restaurant? Well, Smoky Mountain Brewery. That's right. We're going to Chili's. Oh, we love Ch- Chili's. Smoky Mountain Brewery in Maryville, Tennessee. <laughs> yes. So anyway, I was talking about Chili's the other day. I think a lot of the Chili's went out of business. Now the only thing is, I've got to decide what I want to eat. Well, I would say that it's going to involve some potato skins. Possibly what I want to drink. Maybe some wings. Sometimes there are things on special. Yeah. Special little things that they throw in there. And that's about all I've got for this week. I don't think I've ever seen Mike uh, eat fried mushrooms, like uh, breaded mushrooms. I like those. I wonder if he's just not a mushroom guy. Eric isn't. He hates them. So I, I wonder if that's something. And maybe he has. I like a uh, fried, like a battered mushroom with a like a horseradish type sauce, dipping sauce. A place in town makes those. Me and Tanya used to get them a lot. Next week, I might be calling you from the Model City, Kingsport, Tennessee. No, the Model City. Because we are going to a, an Innovate Pro Wrestling event up there nice. in uh, the Model City of Kingsport, Tennessee. So I may call may call um, Friday night or I may call Saturday, but I will cool. either be preparing to go to the Model City or in the Model City. And let's see. That's about all I've got. So until next week, um, turn off that Patreon. I'm sorry. Turn off that spotlight. <laughs> Power off that Patreon spotlight. Remember, people... It is um, patreon.com slash weird science where you can get all kinds of great reviews from and then shows. I mean, shows, pop culture podcasts. You get yeah. the Jim's other review podcasts. You get the news podcast, the um, solicits, the sales, the new 52, the back yep. issues, all kinds of. Now, as we say this, I still have to do my news podcast. That's what I'm done here. Great, great content from the guys that. We're RootScienceDCComics.com, including everyone's favorite, the Phantom Reviewer. Yes! The big star of the Weird Science DC Comics uh, podcast. Finally! The Phantom Reviewer. He got us too. He is a Dracula, I hear. <laughs> He's a Dracula. Anyway, so um, that's a power off that Patreon spotlight. Let's see. Watch out, because you never know when those guys from the Pop Culture Podcast are going to pop up and culture that ass. Every but other I think Monday. it might be next Monday, <laughs> next not this Monday. Monday. Yes, not this coming. Keep I actually sat there today, and I was thinking of all the things we had to do. I'm like, do we have a Pop Culture this Monday? Because it, it feels like we should. Uh, and no, it's next Monday. Weird, and see you in 
seven. See you in seven indeed. Thank you, Mike. Oh, I'm going to move on now to a rant and rave that's a little less uh wordy but it still hits hard but it hits hard for one eric shea i'm gonna have to play this to him though i did send him the file anyway here we go oh no it's true i'm just stuck in this horizon hole you need to bring me a ladder a ladder you're not going to bring me a ladder bring me an umbrella a fly swatter and a diet fresca. Come see your mama. Oh. <laughs> fatty. Fatty. There you go, fatty. Somewhere he's out and about uh, being called a fatty. Uh, you can't forget when you fall into a hole, you're always going to need your fresca. That is usually the number one deal. Now we're going to move on to the Hollywood kid. What's up? Weird science. I sit there all week and I try to get Luke's accent down. And I end up, and I'll tell you, Luke, once I start doing it for a while, I do end up sounding like a Dracula. I do. When I try to do your accent, I end up sounding like, <laughs> I want to suck your blood, is what I end up doing. And then Eric yells at me. And of course, I'm doing this to Eric as I do it. I'm really trying to get it down. I cannot do it. When I live. Back again from Leek's lip without his tea because he already drank it. So he already drank his voice it. is probably going to get very dry. I'm out of coffee right now, Luke, so. It's the Hollywood Kids. How's it going? You know what day it is today? Guess what? It's NCBD. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm just, just in the door with a big load of comics. Hang nice. On. Look at Listen to Look that load. Time. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Boosh. Boosh. There we go. There you go. Out of the bag. Wow, we like a mountain of them this week. <laughs> My goodness, uh, we thought last week was good. Holy moly! This week, this week is uh, come out swinging once again. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I I disagree possibly, but let's see what you got. But before we get to that, very importantly, I'll, I'll give you a live review, uh, Jim, or feedback because you were asking last week. I don't know if you're asking, but you're just saying, because uh, like, it was the new format, uh, yes. the Rant and Rave episodes, just like the Rant and Raves by themselves, which I love. I think that's a great... He, just, he, he likes the spotlight on him. That's all he's saying. He's saying that he likes to have his own podcast. I understand. I understand you're a Dracula, and the Draculas, they like that. idea, because you got uh, the main podcast on Sunday, yep. but then this the Rant and Raves drop... Like Before. Sunday afternoon, so yep. you're like, mmm, a little bit of, you know, a, little, a little bit gun. of appetizer. It's like a pregame. Before the meat and cheese of the main yep. podcast. And then also, because you got, like, you got your Patreon spotlight, you got yep. your just normal spotlight, and then you got your rant and rave spotlight. Wowee. And it just, you know. Yes. You just get the whole. I was thinking about that this week, too, when we talk about the Patreon spotlight for people who aren't on the Patreon I, we never say, and I think I have to remember to tell everybody that it does come out on Thursday. So you have, you like, you get that with the regular spotlight. You have those couple days to listen to it. Then you have these and everything else. So I, I wonder if a lot of people are like, oh, I don't need the Patreon spotlight because I just have, you know, the big podcast here, but you're already caught up by then. See, that's the plan. Like Lucas telling spotlight, us. Spotlight, uh, just to, well, 
dancing Mike because he always does around Ray, but yes. whoever else is on, I did. think it's very, I think it's a very good idea. And also it has added bonus of um, like you no know, Eric, right? Is that what you no Eric? No, if you have the main podcast <laughs> and it's like twelve hours long. Yeah. You know, well, that's, Oof. you know, you can't blame us then. I know. There's no rant and raves. Then. Well, I'm, t- I'm, I'm doing this now and I'm looking at the timestamp of what I have and knowing what we're going to have coming up. And yeah, th- this would double this week's podcast, I think. The nonsense is all you uh, on the main podcast. Whereas if the rant and rave podcast goes for 12 hours long, then, you know, all right, then you can blame us because you know, I can't, ex- except I kind of extended. I say to Eric, I'm like, hey, Eric, I got uh, 30 minutes of rent and raves this week. Do you want to do it with me? No, no, because that's going to take you two hours. I'm like, yeah, I-, I think he knows the game. Our nonsense, but, well, my nonsense anyway. Everything Dancing Mike says is pure poetry, but, um, yes. And everybody else, but like, you know. Boom. That's He's a Dracula. That's what I think about that. So there you go, right. <laughs> All right. But now that we've got the housekeeping out of the way, we'll get on to some books, will we? Holy oh, yeah. moly, what have we got here? <laughs> Big load of everything. Wonder Woman annual coming out late. Didn't she yep. forget that last week was annuals week? Holy nah, moly. She didn't and know. it's got some star That's stuff. Fucking nonsense. I you know what? I gotta say, I love it when <laughs> I bet you, I bet you, the continuity kid Eric Shea likes this as well because he likes the landers. Actually, no, he probably wouldn't. <laughs> you, you'll hear, you'll hear. Like you know, I don't know if it's in continuity or not, but um, uh, I like it when you know Green Lantern stuff shows up in books that isn't Green Lantern because I just love me some Green Lantern. You know, I we had the Golden. Guardian, I think, uh, on in the Flash, yep. he just became a yellow lantern she was out the of yellow lantern. Was pretty cool. And then sure the star sapphire showing up in this. Yeah. Happy days. Yeah. Although yeah. it would have been nice to you know, have the annual for annuals week. But sure look. It's out now at the end of the day. You can't complain. And what else DC wise? Yeah, I see I haven't read I only I only read um a couple on the bus because I'm only just in from the bus. So oh, I'll the just bus. tell you what I read from the bus and there you go. I read Justice League. Yes. Number one, that's obviously, I think that's the big book. I would say, week, I yeah. Imagine that's or like, Man of Steel, too. Well, that and Man of Steel, probably. But yeah. Man of Steel is like a number two, whereas this is a number yeah, one. Yeah, number two. Uh, and number yeah. one. A big number two. Ones are for Jim. But was they this are. number one for Jim? I don't know. I haven't read his review yet, so. Um, it's so funny. People are messaging me about this, and they're saying, oh, man, I like the uh, Justice League a lot more than you did, Jim. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, what are they? What are they got? Something they're hanging on my house in the closet, waiting for a cuckold or something? Because I have not said any word about this book and hadn't read it until last night at about six thirty. Uh, so I don't know where anybody's getting this idea. Eric reviews it on the site, so you have his written review there, and people have kind of talked a little about it. But yeah, I had no idea anything about it until last night, till about ten minutes before we did the review on the podcast. And as you'll see. After listening to this, if you listen to this before the regular podcast, I am fairly positive about the Justice League, uh, though I thought it was a slower start than I would have liked. And But I love the Legion of Doom stuff. I like the intrigue of what's coming and hitting Earth and whatever. Yeah, I have some problems with it. Uh, we had some fun laughing about a couple things, too. But I'm fairly po- – I'm way more positive than Eric on I think I went uh, a full point higher in score. 
I'm sure he's already paused me at this stage. I did. He liked it or not, but uh, <laughs> I liked it. Nobody I knows what pretty, I now like. Yeah, it's okay. I'll give you a little a little spoiler. Uh, I gave it a seven five, and I said that there was parts where the art's a little off to me. I think that some of the pages in that look beautiful. They look great. Jim Chung, some of them are awesome. But then some like seem to be rushed just to get to that next big panel. And also, just like I just said, the idea of the Justice League not really doing much but having a meeting of the mind with Martian Manhunter, it, it threw off the pacing. Though... I really like the stuff with Martian Manhunter and, and like the whole – I love the idea of the meeting of the mind. It's just in this first issue. I thought it slowed down the issue more than it should have. Hmm. Well, okay. You know you know, Dark Knight's Metal? Uh, you know the I know. the first bit when they're all teaming up and then they make the giant robot? And yep. I thought that was like the best bit. <laughs> so did I. I Eric like, hated it. Er, that actual scene made me end up reviewing Metal because Eric hated it so much. I thought it was a lot of fun. That was like the highlight of Metal. That's uh, what I wanted. I really liked that. I thought all the league working together. I keep waiting <laughs> for something that fun. And like, we don't actually get that. You know, well, we have no. like, we have the no. Martian Manhunter. You don't uh, get it like, though. Um, you know, using his. Mind, mind Skype ability yeah. uh, to, to, you know, chat with them all. Mind but, time. Um, like, you don't actually see the team. Well, you, see, you don't actually... Yeah, I don't think you see the team together at all. Because even when they're in no, the they're like, fighting boardroom, separately. it's like boardroom of the, of mind, the mind. So it doesn't really count. Um, so we don't actually see the Justice League all team up. Even though they blow up the moon in this issue. Holy moly. <laughs> so Scott weird. Snyder wasn't messing up. No. <laughs> fucking issue one. Let's blow up the moon with a fucking big dragon. Holy John Wayne's going to be pissed because now the tides are all fucked up and he can't go surfing. Holy moly. And that's not even the main thing. No. You know? I said that in the review. Like, that's an aside off-panel thing. <laughs> like, that, you think most books, that'd be uh, the big thing of no. the issue. That's not even. That's like small potatoes. That's like the intro. Holy moly. And then you have the fucking Legion of Doom. This book is swinging. Holy moly. Um, yeah, I really, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, now, like, you know, it could also be just because we've been absolutely starved for a yeah. good Just League book for ages now. A good, a lot like, of books. Well, you had, you see, I was, uh, it, back when we did, like, the, uh, what everybody wants. I don't know, what yeah. was it? What everybody wants from the new year or something? Something like Christmas that, yeah. episode. Yep. One of them milestones. Um, I said I wanted a new Just League book that wasn't pants. Because we were just after having <laughs> pants. Brian Hitch's book, which yep. was very pants, I would say. It was like it was so pants, it was trousers. It was. The, the volume of pantsness was extremely high in that book. Trousers. Um, but and then we had Christopher Priest. And I do like Priest now. I, love uh, I think we all have a soft spot for Priest in the in the Get Fresh crew. Like you know, he does a good job in yeah. Deathstroke. But I don't know. I think we we will all agree that his Justice League run kind of it started off and it seemed interesting enough. But yeah, kind of just half an bit issue. Crazy. And then it turned pants. I hear like a physics lesson. And I'll tell you yeah. what, I don't read my comic books for for the education. No, 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 no. sir. Neither do I. I. Don't. Uh, so you know. And then I thought I was reading a comic book, and all along he was teaching me. I don't know what I want. Deathstroke just showed up, and I was like, "All right, 
Yeah. Stick to your own book, Deathstroke. This is just <laughs> Get league. back I'm, over I'm, I'm there. For just League. I'm not reading for Deathstroke. Oh, so what you're telling me, Luke, is if a Green Lantern shows up, then, oh, everything is fine. Deathstroke shows up. I see what you're getting at. You are anti-Deathstroke, my friend. If it was if it was Kyle Rayner who showed up, oh, my goodness. Deathstroke. Uh, put down your pipe and smoke. Oh, it, my. But then, uh, you know, uh, no, no hating on Priest, though. I, I enjoyed it. No. That. But, yeah, it did get a bit, like, it just it wasn't so good it wasn't a good Snyder match showed up and like you know just by producing a book that is competent and that i enjoy he's already you know you know he's already winning in the big yeah. justice league game i suppose no, i'd agree uh, but yeah no there's definitely like you know i can see i i really enjoy it i can see how some people didn't uh like you it's yeah. a lot of talking uh, and not a lot of act. And I, you know, my boy John Stewart, you only see him for like one panel. What's going on? It with is that? one panel. Jeez. You know? I really hope we get some more John we Stewart are. action. He's supposed week. to be part of well, the that's team. But that's another thing, isn't it? Coming out at the end of the week or the end of the month, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, this is, um, this is double shipped, I think. That's fair. It is, too. yeah. Now it is, you know, yep. double shipped with the, with the four quid price tag. But, you know. Oh, that yeah, four quid. If it's a quality book, I, I Usually don't I buy it. a Googly I'll, with I'll, the four I'll, quid. Do it now, Obi. If, if Batman pulls a, a trick like that, holy moly, that's a different story. But you know, <laughs> well done, Scott Snyder. I would say that. I, I, and Jim, uh, Jim Chung, holy moly. That's another thing. If we are getting a twice a month book that looks this good, because we're getting um, oh, Jorge Jimenez, we're getting him yep. uh, next time, I think. Uh, and if there, if that's like the rotating. And it sticks with it. Now, if it doesn't pull like a damage and then just swaps artists just like two in issues in. Yeah. Um, yeah, if it sticks with it and like that's, whoa, that'll be an all star lineup. I'll tell you that. Holy moly. That'll be, that'll be a good one. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. And I'm also happy with, where is it? The Man of Steel issue okay. two. Um, now you see, I don't like, I thought the crack with these were going to be that it was going to... It, it, from the ad, it looked like it was going to be a new artist every every issue. Okay. Uh, but, and, like, they would do the whole issue. So I, I thought when it said Doc Shaner, I was like, oh, well, it's going to be Doc Shaner the whole time. Yeah. And then some other lad steps in on page 13. And, like, he's, he's all right, but he's not Doc Shaner all no, right. You know not. what I mean? I agree. He's, um, but yeah, anyway, like, you know... Still a good story. Like I'm still enjoying it. I, I like the Green Lantern guest appearance. As you know, I do like there the you Green go. Lantern. So when Green <laughs> Lantern shows up, when they show up, it's like fine. Days, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, I see where you're coming I from, I, buddy. I reckon. Uh, I reckon. So we we have this Jason Fabok Fabuk. Yeah. I'll never get it right. Uh, but he shows up again, uh, and we get like an extra page worth of that scene uh, yeah. with a big. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this is. A big grey thing that's got a lot of electricity coming out of it. Yeah. So I reckon we're gonna now this is just like my idea now. This is Mumbo Mumbo Hollywood Kid. Oh Mumbo right Hollywood Kid, there um, we go. He's it's gonna we're gonna get like a, a little bit of this scene. Uh, but then Jason Fabach is doing a whole issue down the line, I think. Okay. Uh, don't quote me on that. No, I uh, think he is. So like maybe we're getting, we're going to get like wee snippets, like until like three or four, and then like issue five, you might see what's really going on with John. Because obviously, like 
for 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 lads like John Wayne, Howdy Pilgrim, you know, yes. he's gonna he's gonna be stringing those guys along because you know we we all want to know what's going on with um with John and Lois and John Wayne has been sending a nasty Twitter to Brian Michael Bendis about it, you know, uh, specifically John. Uh, well, because <laughs> Lois is the part of the year as well, but yeah. you know, um, oh, always like that's that's really like the big hook. So he's because uh, well, also you got this bad guy. What's his name? Rogal Zar, yeah, Zor. or whatever. He's pretty cool, <laughs> I suppose. He's okay, but the big hook is really what's going on with Lois and John. Uh, so you know, I, I imagine he's gonna Bendis is gonna string us along gonna, for a bit before he really you know game. gives us the money shot. But sure, look, I'm enjoying it so far. So you know, keep on stringing me along, Bendis. Happy oh. days, uh, and you know if Happy the, if the art's this good. Each week, it's you're something in. Something to look forward to every yeah. week. Can't complain. So it's fine. There you go. Two books. I like it. Happy days. And you then very over positive. on the get f- fresh start crew beep, beep, side beep, of things. Yes, on the Marvel side. Jeez, oh, I'm all over the place. This is what happens when you drink your tea before you. Yeah, start you should. Recording. I don't know. You're oh, drinking tea there, um, buddy. I yeah, think you were drinking something out of a bag. I read the Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Holy moly! That was. That was spooky. Oh yeah, my I like that. I, I don't like Al Ewing, but I like that. that. Doctor Strange was also very good. I haven't I'm, read it yet. Um, I'm not really a magic guy. Uh, Neither am I. Uh, I don't like rhyming or stealing. Uh, and uh, I, yeah. Like, you know. So I don't I, mind I saw the, the Doctor Strange movie. And, um, I still haven't seen that. It was good. Oh, it wasn't even like... It was all yeah, right. I've, I like, still I haven't was, seen it. I preferred Ant-Man a lot more, you know what I'm saying? And I just saw um, Ant-Man. But this book was pretty good. Yeah, and I think I know why. Because Doctor... Well, spoilers. Doctor Strange has no magic. And he goes to space. And I'm like, yeah. well, I like space. That's I don't solicit, like magic. So, so it's yeah, right up my alley. But, like, you know, I do like... I think uh, Stephen Strange is a very good character. Uh, and Jesus... He definitely gets into a pick. I love that that Luke. You just described everything that probably people are going nuts about as a positive for so you. At the end of this issue, so I'm very interested to see where that goes. And then obviously the Hulk was just spooky. It but was. It, it was, it was really dark good as well. Uh, I really like the direction that uh, Al Ewing. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Al Ewing. Al Ewing. J R Ewing. He's going. Um, so I'll be down for that. Deadpool was all right. Yeah, uh, I, I had some issues with Deadpool. It really was tough for me to get through. Um, Not to spoil anything for the Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast, episode six coming out on Monday. But yeah, I was I was a little, it was taking me a while to get through a Deadpool book. And that really, why is that? That that should be fun, right? You know, I, I like, it's very much going for the, the movie. It is going uh, for the angle, movie. Uh, with Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yep. Uh, and I like the movie, so I love you know, the movie. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> like uh, you know, I I didn't I didn't I didn't think it was. I know it was pretty funny actually. I don't know. Uh, some bits were. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Some some of them didn't connect, but some of them did. You know, so it did its best. I, and the art was great. So you know, yeah, yeah I like the art. That. And then Ant Man and the Wasp. Yep. Uh, times two because when I was in the shop. I saw that you had like yep. the miniseries, and then you also had this one shot called yep. Ant Man and the Wasp Living Legacy. Living Legends. And Living like, wow, Legends, we, yeah. I'll have both of them, please. And uh, I did, and I read them, and they're pretty good, you know? Um, mm. The one shot is just like 
Uh, oh, it's it's very. I think the guy who writes it, he, it seemed very like vintage. You know, like yeah, re, I think like, that's what it's. You have to like be. thought bubbles and stuff, and I was like, wow, we. Uh, I didn't end up. I didn't get the living legend deal. Uh, obviously, we're talking about me and Brandon. Already did do our recording for the podcast this week of uh, Ant Man and Wasp number one, the miniseries Mark Wade did. And uh, I was disappointed by it. So was Brandon. We both were a little bit disappointed with how it played out. I've seen one of them in a comic in a while. Um, so yeah, it just it was it was fun fun stuff, you know. And then Ant Man and the Wasp, well, it was written by Mark Wade. Yeah, uh, he also did Doctor Strange. Yes, he did, uh, and I like that. And I like, I like this. I thought it was pretty good. Um, nice. I didn't really like. <laughs> I must just be dumb because, like, they were explaining some stuff, and I was like, "What? You know, the science behind this? I don't uh, know." Oh, I we like talk it about it. Big and small. You know what yep. I'm saying? That's all um, I need. Big and small. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Sherlock. Sure, it's only a mini, like you know. You yep. Hop on the the five p- <laughs> part issue journey and have a good time I suppose uh, yeah. I, I thought it was very funny at the very end uh, like they had like the the wee letter from the editor uh, yeah, and yeah. it was it was like microscopic and yes, it said it that was. you need your uh, mighty Marvel magnifying glasses and I was like well the Eric Shea's got it covered with his <laughs> yeah, glasses right. his, his goggles so, you know there you go haven't read all the books of course still have uh, some great titles in front of me like the unexpected mm-hmm. which has turned out to be jeremy's favorite book yep uh, <laughs> which was very <laughs> unexpected yes uh, it was to hear his review on this uh the arts all right i suppose uh but sure look we all know our steve orlando at this stage so we'll see how that goes so yeah but yeah you got some you got just an action-packed week this week yep. got some infinity countdowns got some all of those Oh, Nightwing versus Hush. That looks actually pretty fun. It's okay. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to reading some of these. Um, yeah, but more importantly, like, okay, like, you know, it's NCBD. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. But really, the meat and potatoes has arrived because it's time for go. the My Hero Academia <laughs> weekly uh, update. Yes. Wow. Jim's I need an update. Section. You know, Jim, I need you said it. last week that um, you this, uh, I, I had exploited your only weakness because, uh, you know, you can't talk about My Hero Academia. No. Well, there's a, a, an easy remedy to that solution. There is. It's called watching the show. And no. then by the being nice I thought it was know, edit your rant rave. About it as much as I do. Uh. <laughs> Simple as, you know, I've I've cracked the conundrum. There yes, you, go. you have. But this it's week not we editing had, you. Uh, the release of volume 13 of My Hero Academia. Okay. Uh, which is very good. Volume I haven't 13. read it all. I uh, to be honest, my print post or my print copy of it is still in the post, uh, but I but I have the digital That's copy because <laughs> I'm an addict and yeah, you I are. have a problem. Uh, and I but know it is, I'm about halfway through it, uh, and it's great. I'll tell you what. I'll just give you a wee quick synopsis. Uh, Here we go from the previews catalog itself. Don't say that I'm not. I'm not half assing this. Like this is legit. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. My Hero Academia, yes. Volume Thirteen. They got the name right. Story and art by Kohei Horikoshi. Okay, I probably pronounced that wrong. You may uh, have. The students of Class One A have reached another milestone: the provisional licensing exam. Oh! After making it through the first part of the test. They ready themselves for the next phase, which takes place in a... Wait, wait a second. 
This deals with the provisional license. This sounds uh, riveting. I need to say, I actually, I was really hoping that next week on Flash, the Flash War took a, a, a bit because he, uh, Barry Allen needed a permit to put in a concrete slab in his backyard. Boom! There you go. Dis! Simulated disaster area. Holy moly. Oh Midoriya my goodness. and his friends have to rescue as many victims as they can. And although the students of rival Shiketsu Hai, definitely pronounced that wrong, are yes. technically supposed to be helping, Competition between them is fierce and even dangerous. Deadly. Roller coaster ride of emotion. Oh my god. As the scenario unfolds and actual villains arrive to shake things up, the UA students will have to find new ways to work with each other and make use of their quirks. Yes. Well, doesn't that sound like a good time? <laughs> and it is. Um, yeah, I'm only about halfway through, but as you, you see, I read the, I read the, solicitation because i don't want to actually give any spoilers you know because some of the some of the my hero academia get fresh crew squads yes. uh, they they are still watching the movie or the the show and uh, the movie's not out till august they're watching oh. the show uh, and you know this the book is ahead of the show at this stage oh really? so i don't want to yeah you don't, don't want to spoil too it. much but so that i just give you a wee taste you know oh. maybe uh you know wet your fancy a little it has maybe, wet my know, fancy maybe you it should has. try it out you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah, uh, I need, them to, like, I need like to see them get licensed try out vigilantes I, fingers I'm, crossed you know it, it, um, <laughs> but yeah no I, I, it I, reminds I, me of that famous uh, Superman story when he goes to get the fishing license that that no, how could anybody forget that I really like this volume as you can imagine geez there's a surprise the Hollywood yeah. kid liked My Hero Academia it was uh, it reminded me um, this is for all the gang who are watching the show. Uh, in season two, there's like a sports festival, nice. um, and that kind of opens up the main cast to the kind of the wider because you see all the different, uh, all the different classes. You know, like the support class, which make inventions for the heroes, yeah. and like the business class, the tanks, which uh, like, the tanks. Those business thinking stuff, of wow, they're not very important. Um, and also like the other hero, the like another hero class, which are like class one A's rivals. Uh, oh, so, you know, you get a lot of interest and dynamics going. How on am here. I but missing this, out this on this? Volume expands it even further because, as <laughs> as you say, or as you heard in the in the um, synopsis, there, there's like a whole other whole other hero schools. That yeah. are like all rivals to the school that our main character goes to, because uh, like that's the top hero school. They're so our rivals. You gotta think they're pretty much they celebrities in the eyes of all the other students. Oh, so you know there's a like lot a of, Harry Potter a competition, and you know to get their provisional the house uh, cup hero license. I don't know, like it's pretty much. I don't know how they do it in America, but it's pretty much like the provisional driving license. Uh, or your learner's driver license, where you can drive a car. Yeah, there we go. Of, uh, or with, we're back with to driver's license. I knew it. Or I don't know what the. I'm still doing my learner, so I don't know what the specifics are. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have that over there? You know, he's all driving on the wrong side of the road, so I don't know what's going. Yeah, really. Um, but yeah, back to the book. How yeah, dare so you? You get more. You, you get to see some new. Uh, new characters from other schools, and there's this really cool guy 
is he's called Gale Force. Oh, uh, that's his hero name. I would think and, he has wind uh, powers. He can control the wind, <laughs> which might sound like pretty lame, but it's yeah, it does. And he's got a cool costume with loads of pipes in it. And he's, I think you'd like him, Jim, because like everything he says, he like shouts. Uh, oh, and he's and it very, better like, be extreme, puns. And he likes hot-blooded heroes. Oh, and he's a very he's a very funny guy. I want a lot of wind puns from that, but uh, you know, hey, that's gonna be a breeze, like something like that. I hope he yells. Uh, so you know, and then uh, but then there's some rivalry. Tell somebody to go fly a kite. I'm running out of already running out of wind puns. What's going on? And also, there's uh, a lot of good moments between our main character Deku. Uh, and the potential love interest, uh, maybe. No, um, oh, Jacko. Uh, oh. like there's a lot of some quality. I tell you what, Jim, I ship that. Now I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you know what that means. Oh, I know. I ship that. So. Now, I'm telling you right now. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I know what shipping is. That's what I do now. There you go. You brought me back in. <laughs> that's that's just the Hollywood kids' two cents. So I haven't read it all yet. You know, I'm going to read. I realized what shipping was at an early age. The first time I saw Han and Greedo, uh, that's when I knew that shipping was a thing, even though it didn't have that term yet. Some more. I'm going to read some more. I don't know where I'm going to find the time in between all these comic books taking up all my manga time but sure look you know what can you do and then hopefully the the keep on will come in uh the next couple of weeks because it's nice i like reading it digitally but you know it's it's nice to feel it in your hands as well and yeah oh i know because yeah i'm an addict but there you go i give it so am i i give it a million out of ten it's the best book i've ever read oh Uh, we're talking about comics again uh damn it hollywood kids (laughs) With a very long rant and rave as usual. Uh, but yes. if it's on its own show, it doesn't really matter, does oh, it? Oh, no. Uh, you know, because, like... <laughs> I don't have to sit here before I make dinner for my for family. And have the no, oh, yes. Hollywood Kids. XO. Live from Leaks. XO. 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 And thank you, Hollywood Kid. I thought we were getting into something else at the end of that. I was getting a little excited. I have to admit... Uh, but we're going to move on to the next rant and rave here. And this is a classic callback for something new. And every time we get one of these, I smile, even though it's always for tragedy. And here is what I like to call R.I.P. He chose to walk on the wild side. R.I.P. and peace. And then he, oh, that? <laughs> <laughs> I I need Eric. Where is Eric? Eric can always decipher these. Uh, that was it. I'm going to play it again because I don't know what that said. He chose to walk on the wild side. Okay, I got that. I got that. And I know, you know, some people who died this week. Uh, so I'm assuming it's this. So I'm, I'm thinking a name in my head and I never end up hearing it. I don't think. But... Okay. <laughs> See, I'm thinking it's for Anthony Bourdain, but we, we will, we'll have to find that out later. What I play it for Eric is my, uh, you know, translator for the RIP. RIP, indeed. Uh, but we're going to move on to our last rant and rave of the show, and that is from Jeremy. Oh, and you know what? Since I am in the middle of the Rant and Rave podcast, I figured that I had to call in an expert. You heard me earlier. I have no idea what things are said. And when we get an RIP voicemail, I always need one Eric Shea. So I have called him in. 
He is calling in here. He's part of the rant and raves. Eric, I need you to translate this. Are you going to be able to do it, do you think? What are the chances that you will know what this says? I don't know what's going on. Well, <laughs> I just wanted you to talk because I think that people were thinking that I was going to hit the uh, – <laughs> I was the, thinking uh, you were going to hit the soundboard. No, no. I'm not hitting the soundboard. I actually called you to get you on here for a second because I said I need you to translate. Here it is, Eric. This uh, is the rant rape that I call R.I.P. He goes to walk on the wild side. R.I.P. and this. And then he pulled up. <laughs> he told us to walk on the wild side. I hear that. Now, again, I said you would think that it's Anthony Bourdain. You would think that that would have to be it, right? It's the only person I know who was that I hear somebody – Wizard of Oz. Yeah, do you, did you hear Vinny Deese? Because I heard that maybe it's both. Maybe it is Anthony Bourdain and the last member of the Hollywood Guild – or the uh, Hollywood Guild, the uh, the Lollipop, Lollipop. Guild. Uh yeah, I, I, I can't, I could not yeah, make heads or tails. Here we go. I'm gonna even, I'm gonna turn it up on the deal so we can hear it a little more. Here we go. He told us to walk on the wild side. Yeah, we're, we're both in agreement there. We yeah. know that he told us to walk on the wild side. And I'm like, well, Lou Reed died a long time ago. This is what I'm going with. I was thinking it first. Yeah, here we go. R.I.P. and peace. And then he pulled up. No, R.I.P. in peace. And, 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 something, and, something. And, and Vinny, duh? I don't know. But uh, since you're on, I have one Ordained other one. Duh. I have another one to play for you, Eric. Here we go. And people have already heard this, but I'm sure they will like to hear what you have to say about it. Eric! <laughs> Eric! You need to come to your mama. Uh-huh. I'm still stuck in this Verizon hole. <laughs> you need to bring me a ladder. And if you're not going to bring me a ladder, bring me an umbrella, a fly swatter, and a diet fresca. <laughs> Come see your mama. Fatty. Ah, there we go. And yes, and there is Eric. Thank you for joining me. I have one more rant and rave left. And I want to tell you at this point, I think we're at the hour and 20 minute mark. And I still have uh, another rant and rave. But say goodbye to everyone. And then I will go off with it. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. And of course, I'm not going to say goodbye, actually, because we have one less rant and rave. And it's from Jeremy. Hello there, Weird Science. Hello. It's me, Jeremy, calling from the UK. Uh, hello to Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. boop. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's very hot, actually, at the moment in uh, sunny Southport. What? What is it, eight degrees? Like like Luke was telling us before, or Andrew? I forget. I there might have been Andrew. Uh, well, I am recording No, I think it was this. Luke. It's uh, it's been hot for the last few weeks, really. Which 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 you know that there are some issues with that. It's always the same, actually. It, it tends to get hot towards the end of the school oh. year. I know for you guys in America, your school year things always heat up at the end of the school year, don't kind they? Kind of ends. I don't know, sort of end of May or something like yeah, that. Yeah, ours actually ends. Uh, my kids have two more days actually, as we speak. They're done this Tuesday. That. Uh, we and it really goes while you know while you in the UK you're not going to get a lot of this, but a lot of the times it does even depend on snow days and things like that that they had off. We, we keep on going till July. Oh my yeah. goodness! Uh, not you're not like those dirty Frenchmen who go year round, right? The dirty Frenchmen. Just, not just the start of July, either the middle of <laughs> July. <laughs> That's close. 
so you invariably end up teaching children who are irritable and, and don't want to have anything yeah. to do with Shakespeare. I think that's why they end up stopping in June in the U.S. Which yeah. the problem is kids in the middle of December, they don't want to learn then either. And who can blame them at the end of the day? It's it's nice and sunny out. Why on earth would you want to be studying King Lear or whatever it is you happen to be doing Not with me. them? Uh, I'm me. How dare you? To be honest with you, uh, I've... I'm still way behind on the podcast. There's a number of reasons for that. I, I, I'm just a slow bugger. That's 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 one thing. That's why. Uh, and the second thing is is I, I just between you and me and everybody else. Oh, uh, listening. Uh, I just I just had a bit of a of a crappy time of it over the last kind of uh, yep. month or so. Uh, work has been a bit ridiculous. I've been very tired. Um, I know and about that. a bit fed up, to be absolutely honest with you. Uh, with Eric, I understand. I understand 100% fed up with Eric. So I thought I would give you a call at, for two reasons, really. The first reason is just to say thank you for, for doing what you are doing and i know i say this a lot but but it's because i do actually mean it there there is something wonderfully kind of down to earth and uh, refreshingly honest and a bit silly and mental and crazy but also incredibly warm uh about the the weird science dc comics podcast and and the slack chat and the get fresh crew and interactions on twitter and all that kind of stuff and and i am not exaggerating when i say that it has made life uh just that little bit easier over the last uh few Good. few weeks and i really do appreciate it no i like that and really when you say that basically me and eric uh, we don't have a lot of friends so we have built up our friends with, with you guys and that's about 100 percent of why we do the stuff is because we actually have friends now and i'm not a guy who had a lot of friends all my life i had guys i played sports with things like that but at this moment especially i don't really have any call people i could call now and have friends you know what i get up in the morning and the first thing i do is check the slack chat talk to people and to get fresh coopy boop and things like that and that makes my day that much better and that's why, you know, it's kind of a selfish thing that we have the Get Fresh Crew, uh, because you guys make us feel better as well. I appreciate so And yeah, and that's not just blowing smoke up anybody's butt either. Too much. Uh, the hard work and the, and the effort that you put into yeah. stuff. I've been enjoying, weirdly enough, I have actually been enjoying the news podcast, although oh. I'm a little bit behind on that as well. <laughs> well, you're behind, so am I, because again, as we speak, I have not done this week's news podcast that I'm going to do after we're done here. Uh, but it may not, if you're listening to this on Sunday when I do release this, the news podcast on the Patreon will probably come out Wednesday uh, early evening, like around 5 o'clock or so uh, when I get done. I'm hoping to get it out tonight, but I also have to edit the podcast and things like that, and I had an awful weekend, so uh, we will probably be going that schedule, but there will be one. There's a bunch of bit of news and stuff like that, so it's some cool stuff. Uh, and even the sales podcast, oh. I do find quite interesting uh there might be something very very wrong with me i don't yes you uh, like stats like me i just wanted to put that out there and just say look you guys are doing a fantastic job and uh it is very very much appreciated and i know except eric said it before but i will i can't believe you'd say that jeremy i I gotta say i gotta i gotta do my jeremy voice when i say that except eric is that now, good? And I will probably say it again next time I I, uh, I send you that is uh, fine. a rant. Um, you got you guys are doing a fantastic job, so thank you very much. Except Eric. 
I want to, I want to talk about Batman 48. <laughs> um, You're going to trigger me. Now, I, as I think I mentioned before, I, I don't, I didn't get Batman for a long time. I don't get him either. While until oh. my uh, comic book supplier started uh, giving it to you. That, that yep. I needed to read it. Uh, so he, he started putting uh, stuff in, in my, um, in my in my parcels, which which is okay. I, I I'm I'm quite interested. I, I mean, I'm kind of interested in it anyway, largely because yeah. uh, I know that you have very strong opinions about about the direction that Tom King is is taking uh, the book in. I was on Slack chat the earlier on this afternoon actually, and and Simon was was talking about how basically he sees it as uh, as a <clears throat> as a sort of biweekly hate read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's what Brandon does, uh, you know, and and I and I I find the concept of that like like really really odd. Uh, I understand where Simon's coming from. Um, I think it. it I, I don't think there's anything quite like it, uh, you know, in in terms of uh, of other media that, that comics have this power to kind of uh, make you want to read something, even though you know you're not really yeah. going to enjoy it. Uh, and and partly that's to do with loyalty to the company or loyalty to the character. And, and and I think also j- just the kind of the, the kind of morbid curiosity of finding out that, just exactly. I think it's also the camaraderie of of the hate uh, uh, with the character right now, at least with the slack chat and things like that. It's just odd, and it, it keeps What's going on, go on with with the character and, and 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 trying to work out what what the writer is trying to do. Now, here's the thing. I, I mean, my my kind of uh experience with tom king is fairly limited um i've mm-hmm. i read amiga man i quite liked amiga man un- yeah. until the end actually yeah, I, it ended that, that up ending terrible. was just bizarre. but he i think that ending was forced so he was forced and i'm not going to blame that ending on him but it was terrible it was awful oh. um and I, and I kind of understood where king was coming from but yeah. I, I just thought it was, was was profoundly kind of uh, weird and abrupt yep. and called into question pretty much everything that had happened in the, in the previous 11 issues. Um, so, you know, reading him on Batman is, is kind of an interesting experience. Now, I, I, I really liked I Am Bane. Um, I, I, I thought there were some odd bits to it. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. thought, you know, why you don't have Batman trying to sort of investigate where uh, Gotham and Gotham Girl got their powers yeah, from? Yeah, that's, that's all that odd. kind of stuff was 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 a bit odd. But especially since you're trying to you're trying to get uh, Gotham Girl uh, to be non-insane. You're trying to you know cure her mind of this insanity that happened. Uh, but with that, you also witnessed earlier in the series her brother die from using his powers. So I would think that in the meantime, that would be a, a really big thing to try to find out who did it, how they did it, and then do a reverse walk around or work around to try to cure her and also wonder if anybody else. I mean, these were just kids from Gotham who bought these powers. What about a rich guy from France? What about a, you know, a middle class guy from England? These guys could all, if they found, if Gotham and Gotham Girl found this, why aren't these other people? Where is this army of 
bought metahumans and this never came about. And it's again, it's one of those things where he does these stories and when the story's done, he kind of, you know, and it's his own story, but he, he chews it up and spits it out and then just moves on to the next thing and leaves everything out in the open. And yeah, sometimes he will come back, but he comes back, you know, months later just to fill in a blank from before. Do it in your story. Give us complete stories. But I could see. You can tell I, I'm getting tired of. Of uh, being tired, I'm getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. What he was trying to do, and 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 some of it was just was just phenomenal. It yeah, was, it was incredible stuff. I mean, there's a there's that moment when the Justice League arrive um, in I think issue four, yep. possibly issue five. Issue five is one of my favorite issues. Amazing, it, it is. It's, it's and it was one of those because Alfred called them in, and it's one of those that really. It po- didn't even poke fun, but it poked at the idea that Batman can solve everything himself and never calls the Justice League in and had to because Gotham and Gotham Girl, that and Gotham at that point, it was, was so powerful. Uh, but yeah, they came in and even just the idea when the, the big ruse of Alfred driving around as Batman and then got out and, and just skedaddled away with his skinny legs and things was one of the funniest things I'd seen and still in all of Rebirth. And he just seemed, and, and if you hear Tom King, he says that, that first six issues was garbage and he hated it. I think it's because it was the most edited version of his book. I think that they were very heavily editing a book because, like Jeremy said, you didn't have a lot of experience with Tom King. That's because at the time he got the biggest book at DC, Batman, he didn't have a lot of experience. Yeah, you had Vision, a Mega Man, Grayson, but Grayson was even co-written by Tim Seeley and, and these sort of things. So he did not have a lot of books under his, his belt. And and really, Vision at Marvel is what everybody was going with. That's what got him with this. And then everybody just went nuts. But if you go back and look at the reviews, the first bunch of issues, it's so weird. Up until the point that I stopped, like, I liked it and nobody else liked it. And then I'm like, boy, I'm not liking this. And now everybody likes it. I, I don't understand. I'm like the curse. So good. It was, it's, and, and I, I and I will say this about King. I, I, I think his, his dramatic timing, his, you know, his, the way he builds up to sort of revelations and events and what have you is absolutely spot on. And, and he does it here in issue 48 as well. I, I think at least at, at, at the beginning, he does there are major issues with, with uh, pacing towards, yeah. towards the middle. And then I just, in this issue, as Jeremy goes on with it, my, my issue of what you're saying there is a lot of the times the buildup is really false and forced buildup. You have this buildup going on, but in this, there's a point very early on that Batman could just end it, and he doesn't just because he doesn't. And it just ends. And so while I'm reading it and I, I, you know, the tensions building and things, really, there's a lot of tension on the side of me going, is Batman going to do anything? Is he just going to sit there? I, I needed something. And he is very good at focusing on one character in a story and to the neglect of a lot of other characters. And most characters end up being props. And I always said that he has his guest stars show up. You have a, you know, a Wonder Woman, uh, a, uh, you know, in the story when they're in the other realm and the demon realm and things like that. And to me, she was just a prop to be the seductress and to see if he was going to kiss her and things. The problem is, is now as we go on, Batman has become the prop in the Batman book. And it just, I don't know. I don't understand the issue, but, but it, at the opening, that, that sort of, uh, that opening page, which there are big issues with, but 
you know the 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 timing of it uh the the pacing yeah. of it and the way it leads into that double- why does batman bust through a stained glass window at a church i mean it's a church those things aren't cheap page spread uh is is pretty impressive um what I what I want to do, if it's okay with you, is um, is talk a little bit about what I think King's doing. Okay. Uh, and and I know we've kind of, I mean, I, I've I've sort of discussed some of this uh, with people on on the Slack chat, and and I know I, here's the thing: I, I, people can get get quite sort of passionate and and what have you about King. I, I don't want really to to do that particularly. I I, I don't bear King any ill will. No. I just think his his approach to uh to the book and to the character is is just really weird if if, if I can put it that way. So th- this is going to be a little bit of a long rant, and I apologise in advance for that. Okay. But like I said on the Slack earlier, I'm I think there are some interesting things that are worth kind of pointing out. And uh, you really don't want to be reading this in email format, Jim. Trust no. me, you don't. Right. Um, my overall kind of thesis, if you like, uh, is that King is much more interested in symbolism than he is in character. Yep. Um, I think that's that's fairly clear. I I, I don't think that that's that's particularly a, a controversial thing to, to no. say. I think I think it becomes very very clear. Uh, this issue so so you you start with the psalm and it's psalm 140 mm-hmm. which is an interesting psalm Th- there are a number of things to say about this and again i said said some of this on the slack chat last night um the the, the first thing to say is that psalm 140 is is really too long for for what for what uh king wants to do i agree it. uh it's it's overlong it's unwieldy and- it, it should have just it, you didn't need the whole thing i mean that would have been you know i don't know if he says this but yeah you go through the whole deal and it is very wordy and lengthy and you're wondering like well what's going on here but it's also a very odd choice uh for a young man to be to be saying when his nighttime wedding has yeah, just been crashed wedding. by the Joker yeah. and his friends and family presumably are, <coughs> are being killed <laughs> around him. Yep. And instead of trying to stop... But again, to me, it's a prop. It's just a prop. He would rather not even have characters. Just be able to just say what he wants to say and say, this is what I want in this book. This one... And I, and I get the fact that the Joker is terrifying. Yeah. But I, instead of trying to stop this one madman with a gun he's what is he doing he's he's not even watching his his loved ones get get killed he is he is kneeling in prayer and you know you can argue well maybe the joker made him made him. That, i i that's what i think people would go with that the joker made him but again what happened if he didn't know it or he just didn't want to and to me there's already people dead and i agree with jeremy but i know you're either going to attack the joker if he told you to say that i'd have a certain f you comment to him and then attack him again if you're going to kill me you're going to kill me i i would never think that i'm living through this situation he did but but we don't really get any sense of that um and it just feels very, very weird. And, you know, when I first read it, I thought, oh, yeah, that, that's very dramatic. But but at the same time as, as, as thinking that, I also kind of 
had that weird kind of sense of disconnection from yeah. the action and also disconnection from him as a character. Yeah. Because- and, and I think that's what he wants. I, I actually think that that's part of his style, that he wants that. And I don't understand. Although uh, Janin does a really good job with sort of facial expressions yeah. here and, and the tightening of the focus on, on the, on the, on the man's face. Um, King's dialogue doesn't help him out at all, um, because all King has him do is recite the song. Yeah, the song. There's no verbal nope. cue that that this man is traumatized by what is happening around mm-hmm. him. Which, which in in any normal circum, you know, with any anybody in that circumstance w- would be, you would think. So that that it, yeah, it, even at a point, if he stopped or stammered, and the Joker like ah uh, ah. Uh, uh. And then, oh, and like, and then you get the idea that Joker may have said, listen, uh, you know, there's a couple you left. If you recite this properly and then have it some psychotic thing that Joker, this is so weirdly important to them that he's going through. And maybe you even get the idea that everybody else that is already dead didn't know it or messed it up or did something where now we're getting the idea of a psychotic joker who's just showed up at, at a church because he wants to hear the psalm and then goes through everyone who doesn't know it and that's the kit but like jeremy said it's just him doing it yeah the art he's sweating he's looking up you know a sideways glance and stuff but he's just saying it it's something that Obviously, this is something Tom King wanted to have in the book, so he's forced this guy to do it. Just it just comes off as being uh, odd. It's, yeah. it's 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 odd. It's awkward. It's uh, it's sort of inappropriate, even yeah. as inappropriate actually, perhaps as as staging a wedding at night, which is I, I don't understand that. I said, or you can think that he's been doing this all day and waiting till then, but he said he was already at another wedding. So how how is this going on? But that's just another thing. These are the little connective things that are so bit that they're nitpicks, but nitpicks combined together that make you get angry or at least make me get issue, I guess. But again, the issue here is, is that, well, what we've got here is is a, is an example of a character who doesn't seem real. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't who doesn't seem to be feeling anything. An android. Other than the emotions that Janin is is kind of giving yeah. him. He's in, giving him an attempt. In the artwork, the dialogue is flat. It's just a recitation of the song. Yeah. There's no hesitation, no repetition, no going back, no no stumbling, stumbling. over the words yeah. because his his there's his, no stuttering uh, or stumbling. You know, his family and friends. I mean, I'm telling you, even if this guy has said this a trillion times, he is there where there are dead bodies of family and friends just. Left Laying right next to him, dying around him. Nothing like that. It's it's just a flat recitation of of the psalm, and and it's an example of King prioritizing symbolism over character. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an example of 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 the most important thing for King right now is not what this young man is feeling, not the trauma that he nope. is going through, but it is the words that he is saying, and yep. those words have to be delivered clearly. Never mind the fact that a young man in that position would probably never think no. to speak this. The- yeah, that's that's the problem. It's like Jeremy's saying, this is all he wanted to get through, and so the guy there, the kid, is a prop who they're just you might as well think of batman as a stage play where these can and, and 
done by guys who aren't very good on the stage. So when they go out, it's almost like you can picture this kid backstage as his scene's coming up, still sitting there memorizing his words, memorizing his words. And by the time he goes, he's just going to give you the words without the emotion that you need for them because this is what the director wanted. The director is, you know, we'll go, it's George Lucas back in the prequels who is only concerned with special effects and not actually performances of his main human characters. So you have an issue where there's no connection. So how can you connect to a character? And and yeah, you don't have to connect to this kid, but it would make it that much better if you did. If you're doing that and you're really, the tension's building because you're like, oh my God, if I was in this situation, but if I'm in this situation, first off, I know I don't know the psalm, number one. Second, if I was in that situation, I don't think I'd be that worried about saying the psalm. I'd be worried about going and bum-rushing this guy. 140th psalm, uh, 23rd, maybe, Lord's Prayer, yeah, maybe. That's but- And actually, I was going to bring that up in the Patreon spot. Like, Why isn't he doing the Lord's Prayer? Like, this is something that makes sense, and that's where I... It twisted around to me to make it seem like the Joker was making him say that, but it never, you never got that. But the Lord's Prayer would be what, but that's not the symbolism like Jeremy's talking about. That's not the symbolism that he's going for. He obviously, this psalm is the symbolism that he's Psalm wants. 140? Are you kidding me? And, and, and to be able to, to, to say it word perfect without stumbling over <laughs> yeah. any of the words. So, 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 so straight away, you're, you're, you're pulled out. And then again, I talked about Dancing Mike. If you don't realize, Jeremy is livid right now. Jeremy is a very calm guy and he's getting very angry right now. Not like me screaming. I can tell he is, he's as angry as I am of the action as 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 the reader and and it's it's something that you probably wouldn't even i mean i didn't when, when, when i first read the issue i was kind of like oh, okay and, and then of course you get the double page spread you get- no, uh, jeremy you want me to get you more angry i saw people on twitter thank god for putting that psalm in there that's something i always wanted to see and i think what really Seriously. You get the, uh, the gun to the head at the bottom of the page. You yeah. get the double page spread. You pull back. You see, you see Gotham Cathedral. You see all the bats. It's wonderfully dramatic. It's very yeah. cinematic. It is uh, cinematic. And, and, and you don't notice it uh, so much the first time you read it. The second time you go back though and you begin to think, right, there's something not quite right here. And that's what it is. He's, he's not invested. King, I'm talking no. about, has not invested enough effort into making this young man live. Yeah. Uh, to making him live. He's so, he so wants him to die that he won't let him live, Jeremy. He just won't, but he doesn't. He doesn't care. He is a prop. I, I've said this all along, and I know a lot of times when I first started saying this way, way back, people were just like telling me I was insane or I was a jerk or a moron. I don't think that's the case. You see this. People are in this book to deliver the lines that they're supposed to and then leave. On the page. And, and that really is, is a major issue. The problem is it's the same with Batman. Yeah. And, and, and for a, for a character who, uh, who's, who's the comic is named after, that's, that's unforgivable. And, yeah. and we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Batman, <clears throat> Batman comes through the stained glass window. Uh, he, uh, for no reason. There's a couple of interesting things. He could use the door. I mean, maybe. One is, I hate, uh, the Joker using the Batman 66. Yeah. That's funny. When we were doing it on Patreon, Eric didn't care about that. Mr. Continuity and Mr. Nonsense. He, he had no problem with that. That actually drove me nuts because you're writing Batman. 
You don't need to do these little ploys to prove to people that you know the Batmans or a joke or the wink-wink inside joke. First off, it's not an inside joke. We all get it. And this is the Batman book. I, I know you can have fun in the Batman book, but you have to take the book. You have to respect it and respect the reader. This is nonsense. This is a cheap joke that would be something that I would expect from somebody that has a one-shot, that has never done a book and wants people to just get a cheap laugh. And at that really upset I, I think that's horrible um yes I think it's <sighs> say it <laughs> say it, it. obviously kind of king has this metafictional shtick and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute uh, a little bit more but he for, for this particular moment yes i understand and, and uh, actually if you were if you heard me yell that i was uh, doing a back to school reference to Sam Kinison there. I hope I did it well. I hope that I was acting better than the kid in the Batman book. I understand that the Joker is doesn't really hold anything sacred. No, but this, but but, you- but it also plays around. I I understand it plays around with the idea as well that he's the only one who understands the multiverse. He, he's a guy who's outside of all that. We've had this before. The insane man who knows what's really going on, but it's it's a cheap joke. See, here's the issue. Because this isn't the Joker, is it? This is King speaking through the Joker. Yeah. This this is King being clever with the in the in the Joker's voice, if you like. Yeah, and and with that, he recently uh, had a thing on uh, Twitter where he's like, "Oh, ch- having problems with a script," and he's like, uh, c- "Crazy Quilt walks into a room. Crazy Quilt, what what?" Crazy Quilt's confused. And people right away said, whoa, 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 Crazy Quilt's dead in this continuity. And he's like, well, not everybody stays dead. But there again, you're grabbing another character. You, what is Kite Man Jr.? This is what you're giving us? Like, how about this? Amaze people uh, in issue number 52 with a Batman who sits there and actually acts like Batman and gives you what he's feeling and, and makes it emotional. The most emotions I've had in this book was when King let Batman kind of drop the veil and and hug Gotham Girl because he realized that Gotham Girl, like him, has no family then, and you really got this emotional moment of a, a Batman, you know, the facade is gone, and it's this human. That's the human Batman. That is character work, and, and it was so easy to do because up until that point, he hadn't distanced us as readers from this Batman. Right now, it's very hard to get emotions from me out of this book because, like Jeremy said, you're not invested in the characters because you don't even think of them as humans anymore or even – I know that's goofy. It's comics. But even as as people that I want to think of them as. So so, so, for, so for the joke, na 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 Batman or whatever, however you want to, yeah. you want to say it. That's King doing that. Yep. And 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 the feel and there's something that, that that feels disrespectful yeah, about that. That's what I just said. Uh, me and Jeremy, right on the same book. You are not showing respect for your character in your book. You, you're making it a joke for no reason. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit a bit. No, weird, but, you're not. But that's how it comes across to it me. Came across that man comes too. crashing through the stained glass window. Fine, that, that's <laughs> dramatic. He ruins the stained glass. We've seen him do this before. I know. He always does. This is something that we say all the time. You could have. Uh, I think Batgirl. One point, I swear to God, there was a panel where you'd have Batgirl there, and they were in a factory that may have seventeen doors, all there, and one window, and she breaks through the window. I mean. 
17 doors she had to pick up. It was more than let's make a deal times 80. And they're like, well, which door do you pick? No, no. I pick the window and comes crashing through. You're like, really? Like just sitting there. And I'd love to have that in. If you're going to make a joke deal, have them come crashing through and you just see the window. You see Batman crash through this window and whoever's there go, really? And then you pull out and you see that there's actually 20 doors to one window and that's what he crashed through. Now that's funny. Now that's a good time, right? The, the the best entrance I've I've seen of Batman. It's pretty cool, and the, just the way he comes in, it just makes me laugh. Just the idea that it is a church with a nice stained glass window. <laughs> he just destroys it. Is the uh, the entrance of Batman Eternal actually issue one? Okay, and he comes through. It's Faybok artwork. It's incredible, and he's in the uh, he's in the Robo sort of armored Batman suit, and he yeah, uh, I don't Professor Pig now. is flying a biplane in a. In the Natural History Museum or whatever it okay, is, okay, you know and what Batman I do remember. Just comes yeah. through the skylight and just—it's oh, just incredible. This isn't anywhere near as good as that, but it, it's, it's okay. Nice it's cinematic, like you said. Uh, so he comes through the stained glass window again. That's symbolic. Symbolic of what? Well, also, it's like Batman's showing up because he knows that Joker. He's told Selina, "Don't you can't come in." Joker will kill you. So he knows the Joker's there. Obviously, he knows he's going to get the Joker. He, he's shown up because Joker has fired shots, though, in the roundabout way. Why didn't he show up at the family before? He just found out now. And also, this isn't something. Did he get a hold of Gordon and say, whoa, whoa, GCPD, back off because I'm going to go in. This is There's hostages, possibly. We're going to do this because all of these things don't work out to what happened. But it also is he, he goes through the stained glass window. Kind of might have wanted to sneak in maybe behind him. Maybe get there without tipping your hat of a giant stained glass window being shattered as you go down. And also, if he does have hostages, isn't this something that would trigger him to just start shooting because Batman has shown up? But he wants to have this dramatic, you know, entrance. And I understand. I understand that fully. It's just these are the things. These are the wow moments that don't necessarily fit the type of story that is going on as well. Well, Batman is... And I don't know why me and Jeremy are now reviewing this book, but I'm enjoying it now, and I'm actually having some fun. Placing or coming through. In the the image that that is in the book, he's replacing the crucified Christ. He comes comes through the stained glass window, and he's kind of sort of hovering there in mid-jump or mid-leap. Uh, replacing the crucified Christ. So I guess he, what is he doing? He's taking on Gotham's suffering. Is that what he's doing? That's what he's Except doing. Except the thing is, is, is his victims don't need a Christ figure at this point. Uh, they're saying <laughs> they need a crucified Christ. I think they figure. need a coffin. I mean, they could do with a resurrected Christ. Yeah, that's what they need. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they could do with somebody to raise them from the dead. Yes, but they Batman's need that. not going to do that, is no. he? You see, you see, if Batman is a Christ figure, he's a really bad one. Well, and even that, I, I think the symbolism is the, he is Gotham's Christ, but he's also Gotham's Satan. He's, he's good and bad even though he's trying to be fully good. Okay, because he comes through uh, the, the the stained glass window and there's one person left alive. So he's too late. He's too late yeah, to save late. most of these people. Not only that, Not to mention that the other church... But he doesn't seem to care no. when the last remaining hostage is Not shot at all. by... And where, when we were talking on Patreon, when this happens, you, you, you have the idea that he's going to be in that position of getting married. And you would think that that would flash through his mind as well. And it's funny too, because really go to the whole deal. He goes in, he's going to go in and says, listen, Selena, I love you, baby. Love you, cat. 
Don't you go in. No matter what you hear, you do not go in. Joker is dangerous. He'll kill you. I cannot have that happen. I can't have that blood on my hands. Please. I'm going to marry you. You're going to be a bride. You can't do it. Smashes in and then watches some other bride die, get killed by the Joker, which again, he knew this would happen if Selena showed up. So he knows this is going to happen when he shows up. There's no way that Batman would not think that Joker will not kill this woman. And he doesn't care. He cared so much about Selena to not let her even come and help. But yet, or even sneak in the back. How about I crash through the window as this big to-do, distract him, you go. I mean, he let he let Selena break Bane's back already. He already did that sort of thing. He let Selena punch out three flashes. He, he's not above putting her in some danger if it means that they're gonna in the end win the day but yet she's not allowed to go in and he goes in and watches a woman a bride in her bridal dress get shot right in the head and doesn't even flinch doesn't grimace just has the same pissed off look he had but where is that where's the look of upset where is he so angered that he let this happen that we see a ballistic a a bestial fucking batman go to town and almost kill the joker and then have selena come in and save almost as a juxtaposition of the biggest regret of the jokes and riddles. And then you can even deal with the idea of when is it going to be that Batman realizes that some people do need to die. And if this and Selena stops it, whatever. Where is the story of a Batman watching a woman get killed and even react? But that's the problem. Batman's a prop because now what Jeremy's, I know he's going to go into, I haven't listened to this, but will be now the monologuing of the Joker. That this is, again, it's a distance deal of just wanting that bit of dialogue to go no matter what. So Batman can't interrupt him. Batman can't disarm him. You are there to watch the Joker perform his play, and you're not allowed to interrupt it. Uh, by the Joker, and and he, you know, his Say silence is. Uh, here's the problem with silence: is that you can read a lot of things into it, and and it's deafening. One of the things that one of the uncomfortable possibilities uh, with with the silence of Batman in this issue is that it makes him almost complicit in what yeah. the Joker is doing. Yeah. I'm not saying morally responsible for his crimes, no. but there's a sense of sort of connection and cooperation between the two characters. And and that obviously develops as the, as the issue goes on. Now, there's there's always been a... Th- well, there has been for a long time, let's say, a, a thread of, of that in the character of the Batman, that he is somebody who... Uh, who has a kind of a weird symbiotic relationship yeah. with his rogues gallery. And, and I think we do understand that. This though feels very wrong. Uh, yeah. it, it, it fe- just feels wrong on, on a base level. Feels he's too, he's too passive. Uh, and it, it, I mean, I know he does, he does throw a few punches and what have you, but what I mean yeah. is, is, is it's almost, I, I'm telling you, the way he's silent, the way he throws punches, he throws a batarang. It almost seems like that is the Batman that uh, he realizes that he's got to put a show up for some way, but he's not really into it. Is is passive in 
in a verbal sense that he is it's almost as and again it comes back to what king is trying to do he is he is a he's a puppet he is a say it jeremy a part and he doesn't <laughs> exactly. have a voice nope. uh, it, it, it's it's funny i um you often see uh, authors you know tweeting out on on twitter or, or writing about things in their blog or being interviewed about uh, about books that they've worked on and they talk about characters taking over the story that that, that characters mm-hmm. lead writers in a, in a direction that just happens with actors too and it's funny you say that this is what like a uh, jack nicholson and heath ledger and a lot of people who play the joker even say with that character in particular playing where the character kind of takes over uh that they possibly hadn't intended to go yeah uh, that can sometimes cause problems for writers, but there's a sense of, uh, and, and, I, and I'm not suggesting that sort of, you know, writers are kind of schizophrenic or whatever, they're hearing voices in their head. No. What I'm saying is, is that, is that a good writer, I think, uh, respects the, the integrity of their characters to the extent that, um, they will not try and force the character into doing something just for the sake of the plot. And this is actually, Jeremy, you're saying this, this is something that I've been saying. In general, with DC of these writers, a lot of the writers have, you know, uh, a story and not the character and things like that. And it doesn't, it never seems to come together now. And I I agree fully with you. Now, I can't ever imagine Tom King saying that. No. For for me, it is all about plot. It's, it's about symbolism. It's about, it's about arranging the characters in a particular pattern or a particular, Mm -hmm. um, order. In order to try and say something meaningful or say something important, but but in the process, the characters themselves become uh, become dead. They become lifeless. They become uh, things that are just to be manipulated. They don't have any agency of themselves. Not even the the uh, the appearance of agency. And and I understand. You know, we're talking about imaginative constructs. The the issue here, though, is that we are dealing with a character who has a history that other writers have contributed to. And I think this is this is one of the, the one of the one of the, the the things about King's approach that is that is so wrong and and disrespectful in in some sense. And I expect every writer who writes Batman to put their own stamp on yeah. it to do their own and he thing does. and That's... I understand that but there has to be a baseline uh, respect for the character and respect for the traditions of the character and and respect for uh for the things that other ca- other writers have done and I don't get that from No me. and I I don't either and I, now this gets towards where you know I'm making not assumptions but what I go when I read the book I get the idea that he's more concerned with people liking him than liking his Batman or or praising him uh, a above and beyond praising his Batman. Like, at the end, he's the brand. He's the guy who wants the accolades on Twitter and wherever he goes instead of... And he'd rather, like, boy, you blew me away in this issue. You made me do this. You made me that. Not, hey, Batman really made me think this deal. Or, uh, you know, Batman, the way he did that, he, he is putting himself front and center through this. And with that... I think when I read it, and this is where I differ from a lot of his fans, when I read it, the fans there are like, oh man, he's writing exactly what I want. When I read it, I think he's writing to make them, 
you know, praise him for exactly what they want. Instead of making a story based around, you know, a plot and things like this with Jeremy, he's going with symbolism, but also fan service wow moments that he knows will get him praised. And he knows that that will be, uh, you know, the things that they go on and on about. I, here we go. We have a full run. And really to this point until the wedding, the biggest thing in this is Kite Man. And yeah, that was good. It was forced in so many times. We even had Joker say it here in this issue because this is his go-to joke. He is a stand-up comedian who has to have that on-the-side joke. If people aren't digging what he's doing, all of a sudden you go and you do your nursery rhymes or you do your this and that and your puns or whatever. And that gets me upset. And it really does. And that's one of the things that really infuriates me that I think that he's writing for the applause and not writing for the character writing for the fans he's only writing for their applause King. I, I i get a, a a he's he's a cool writer and i and i mean that in in two senses one is that you know he's There's looking no for, that, for that cool um <laughs> yeah. for that for that cool hook wow moment or that the cool hook. Gimmick, it is or that's that cool it. sort of wow this is i'm telling you this is i should just shut my goddamn mouth and let jeremy say because he says it so much nicer but yeah, that, that's it. Our moment. He's cool in that sense, but he's also cool in the sense that he's he's standoffish. He's yeah. uh, he's cold. Um, in, uh, he doesn't allow his characters to experience much warmth. When it no. appears that they do experience warmth, it, it, it's it, it's false. It it, it comes yeah. off as well. A-, a lot of times when they do, it is actually told to you, not shown through progression of plot and story and character. It just ends up being that and you're told what they're feeling or how you should feel towards as as false and 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 uh and and strange so i i I, there are serious issues here and and the i mean you know he gets one line of dialogue in the whole thing uh batman and it is to say amen yeah and and he says it on his knees as he kneels next to the joker before a cross that turns out to have a bomb in it. Yeah. And, and there's something, there's something horrible about that. There's something right. cowardly about that. Does, does the, uh, does the death of the bride not warrant not, yeah. Batman to say something? No, no. And, do, and, that's, do, do, and I agree with Jeremy. What he's saying is that when he says amen to what's going on, to me, that's almost like, He's with the Joker, and he has gone with him, and he is there. That's basically to me like, okay, well, whatever happened up until this point, oh, well, let's go. And then all of a sudden, there's the bomb there. But yeah, he says, amen, and you just go with the thing. He says, my mother's dead, but I am not. Life is good, long as I don't get shot. Amen. And that's where Batman looks at him and says, amen. Well, what about the poor family that has been shot? What about the poor family's families? That now will not have a wedding. And, and you're forgetting the idea that the Joker has destroyed two families, four families, we'll, we'll go with, and friends, on what should be the greatest day of their lives. You always say, you know, the bride, this is something. Just keep thinking about this bride that was shot at the beginning of this. This is the moment and the day that she has been waiting for since she's six years old. She has gone, you know, the loves and the heartbreak she's gone through to get to this wedding and then to have it at night. Oh my, every little girl wants a wedding at night. But you're never getting that. You're never getting what any of these people went through to get to this one night where 
everybody. That should be a day that you do not have anything wrong happen to you. You don't have anything. And yeah, you could say, oh, that's set up because Batman's wedding is going to go nuts. No, Batman shows up and Batman should be at this point with you have ruined and, and just the whole deal of it in a church. I'm not a religious fellow, but it did take me also. You, you get the other thing is at the beginning, it is in, in America right now, there is a lot of issues with church violence, shootings in churches. And really at the end of this, I see that Batman goes in and does nothing about it. I mean, this is a way for Batman to kind of take it to the streets and show that this isn't something that he would ever go for. But he ends up saying, amen. He should have looked at Joker. And right now, it's too late to save the family. But never does he even look to see if any of these others are living. They still might be alive. They need attention. So you would try to get rid of Joker as quick as you can and go with this. Just the idea that Batman crosses his hands and, and, you know, to pray, it it gets me insane. But when he says amen and just all this around him and everything that happened to me, I, I cannot see how people are putting up with this. I can't see that you could read this and ever think that you would go with this this is i i said in the in the patreon deal i think is when i said it that i really think that he's trolling us he's trolling everyone to see exactly how far he can go before people will say enough and they're not saying enough 10 out of 10 best joker batman interaction ever really Like, I'm telling you, go through every other Joker story that you know with Batman. I'm talking killing joke, you know, all this stuff. And yeah, this to me is trying to be that killing joke where Batman laughs then at the one point. But it's not working. And any other story where you have Joker, just think of him just any other thing and Batman just going along with it. And then that's how the story goes. Oh, you know, I'll go with it. And at this point, what is Batman going to do to save these families? It's done. He can't. And it is infuriating. It is so upsetting to me that I see people loving this issue when just fundamentally as a person and a human being, it is just awful. I'm not talking writing. I'm talking about what I'm seeing here. It is awful to me. It was the carnage and the slaughter that has taken place in that uh, in that cathedral. There's Say a desecration it. of the Say cathedral it. itself. Exactly not warrant some kind of acknowledgement or verbal response from Nope. Amen with the Joker about him being shot. But nobody's saying amen to the other people. And really, if at this point, then Batman just conks him over the head and knocks him out, you could at least say, okay, he he did something. He was delaying him. He realized these were going. This was a ploy. Uh, No. Batman, I think it does. You know, people talk, people have been talking on Twitter about how, how King is humanizing Batman. He's doing the exact opposite yes! of that. Say it! He's, he's, he's making Batman into an action figure. He's making Robot. Batman into a puppet. He's Robot. making Batman into a piece on the board. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th- this is what's interesting about that cover. You've got all this stuff about, about chaos and about, um, about, about the, the Joker bringing chaos. And again, there's this, there's this notion uh of sort of tying into the dark knight and and, and yeah. you get that with yeah, uh, yeah. with the stories I'm about looking his at mother it right now uh the stories about his mother are absolute nonsense yeah um and again i i think we understand and i think any reader who reads it on some level understands that when the joker is talking about a story that his mother told him about yep. saint augustine which is that the most ridiculous thing ever makes I, sense I, in a comic of ridiculous things yeah. it's one of the most ridiculous things i've ever heard um 
that we understand that that is not the Joker saying that. That no. is King saying that. Yeah, and not, not only that, but you go with the deal where you are dealing with a character that anytime he tells his origin, he, he tells eight things, you know, with the Heath Ledger deal as well. But we're, we're very in tune with that and we're very, you know, uh, put on that deal with the Joker where if he tells you a story, he'll tell you a story about his mom. And even in this, he's like, my mom yelled out at that, but oh, it couldn't have been my mom. I cut out her tongue and all this. At the end, that's the problem. He's using the Joker to do this symbolism and do this, but you never can take what the guy says anyway that's his character that's the whole deal so at the end it doesn't ever hit anyway so that's why you have to play with that and make that work into the story but it doesn't here um and you know he wants us to think about chaos here is the underhanded thing about this what do you think of when you think about batman and the joker and the word chaos you think about the dark knight yeah you think about uh, the conversation between uh, between the Joker and Harvey Dent when Harvey's in in hospital. Uh, now there, when when the Joker p- uh, places the gun in Harvey's hand and he places it to his head, his own head, that means something. That mean that means something in a in in a way that 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 what the Joker does here when he places the gun to his own head. Yeah. It just doesn't. It's a it's a shallow kind of echo. It's yeah, a- and and anybody had to have been like, please, Batman, take a step so he shoots himself. Just get this guy out of here. There's three anyway, right? We still have two left. You know, you still have them. Repetition of that. Moment. I think they have to come out and say there's four Jokers now because this is a fourth moment. But it's 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 nowhere near as deep. It's it's not as, as you guys no say all the time. It's not earned. It's not. There's no emotional resonance to it whatsoever. There's nothing at stake. We don't we don't believe for one moment that the Joker is going to blow his own head off. Which which then of course raises the question of well why does Batman not just punch his lights out? Why does why does Batman just not walk walk away? Which is you know there's no one to save at this point. And even then, go over and check some pulses or something. Say you know what. Keep talking your nonsense. I'll be over here just, you know, for the off chance that one of these people, you know, they're still alive. Uh, anything, even as you're going to, you get shots. This is just going back. You get shots in a church. He's going there where you can only assume that his assumption are that there's people there. Why not have some, uh, you know, ambulances waiting outside? I know that you want to have it just Joker versus Batman, but, you know, do something. Do do something along the lines of trying to save some people. You you want to you want to stay and save the Joker? Are you kidding? Yeah, that's what he does. I I, I just I just find it amazing. And 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 the cover the cover is the the Joker with you know smashing the, chest the chess pieces yeah. off the board as if as if it's a pose. It's yeah, a- as if this is some grand game. Pose. It's a it's a ruse. It's it's <laughs> yes. it's, it's it's all shallow. Because, because, because everything that happens in that book, everything that happens in Batman 48 is a move. Everything that happens is a pose. Everything that happens is, is planned out. None of those characters, not the Joker, not Batman, not Catwoman, not any of the victims, none of them are allowed to breathe or, 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 or live outside of, of what King wants them to do and he's just manipulating them and moving them around the board and, and, and that cover that that cover is is cruelly and deeply ironic. Yeah. Um I I I, I it, it, the only other He's beyond words. The other 
book that 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 is worth mentioning here is a double date issue and 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 yeah. this, this idea of of the characters being puppets is is really brought home in that issue I agree. There's, there's a there's a couple of pages nine panel pages and you have to realize too that jeremy has gone back and he uh, at points he's behind in the books than what we talk about in the week so these are things that he's read he'll read them all in one shot to get to this so when he talks about this this isn't just him saying yeah i remember months ago this this is something that he's probably read the last couple days and he's it all stacks up for because you know we love nine panel pages all of a sudden yeah unknown reason i think jeremy might be getting a little tearful with all this trouble he's <laughs> <clears throat> and you have a conversation between between the four characters lois selena clark and bruce and they're talking to each other and they're in the process of eating various you know carnival floss, food. ice cream yeah. that kind of thing and the conversation Funnel goes cake. back. And- Wonder, I, I don't know. Uh, you'll have to tell me, Jeremy, and anybody else in the UK. Uh, funnel cake is anything that you guys would have in the UK. I was there. I said I was in England way, way back for a whole summer. Uh, because if you don't know, my mom is from Bournemouth, England. So I am half British myself. Uh, but I didn't get back that much. And I'm not saying that to you, Jeremy. I'm saying to people listening. Um, and I love funnel cake, but I don't, uh, you know, I wasn't around going around where we would have fairs or something. I wonder if you have that there. Fourth. And the characters don't move. They don't move at all. No. Nope. They, they maintain the same pose. I can only assume that, that that's at King's direction. I, I can't imagine for a moment that, that, that the artist would, would, would do that themselves. Mm. And, and, and to me, it is, it is a perfect illustration of, of King's approach to these characters is that they're not characters. They, they are, they are pieces. They are marionettes. Yep. They are. That's why it's funny. You do have that ironic cover with the, the chess pieces. Puppets on a string and he, and he, he manipulates them into pretty patterns and it's, it's all down to him. And that's, you know, that, that's, I was going to say that's fine. I don't think it is fine. You know, I, I, I think if that's the kind of thing you're into. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, you're going to okay, get in spades. It's not storytelling, though. Uh, storytelling suggests that we're going to have some kind of characterization, suggests that we're going to be having some kind of, of development. But there's no, there's no possibility of development here, it seems to me. I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem to me that there is any possibility, because there's no character. The Batman mm. has no, no character in this, in this story. Mm. Um, we get more of his dialogue spoken by Catwoman yeah. than we do spoken by him. said so one of the big things that I go with this is what is your favorite quote from these up to almost 50 issues of Batman? And most people, it's a line of hell yeah from Kite Man. That's the biggest line of a Batman book that's almost at 50 issues. Yeah, you have other gems as she stole the night. Uh, I don't know. I am really, to me, my favorite is when he adds butt head, butt Spain and says, I am Batman. Boom. And you know what? There is the most Batman moment you've ever gotten in this. And that's what people are rebelling against is that sort of moment. But yet to me, that's the most Batman we ever got. And 
you had a progression in that. Again, this is at the end of I Am Bane, which I talked about earlier in this even, but you had the progression of him going to heaven to talk to his mom and saying, no, mom, I am going to do this for the people who deserve it, the 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 people who are being harmed, I still need to be Batman. Goes up, wakes up. Bane says, you know, aren't you going to say anything? Yeah, I'm Batman. Headbutt. Boom. Progression. Conflict story. Yet yeah, all that is there in three pages. More than we've gotten now in the past year. And that, that's a shame. That's just... It's bizarre <laughs> Back to, to Jeremy. And, and, and of course she's going to come in and probably say, yeah, save yeah, the day. Yeah, I, I, I would say. I don't know. I, I, I think it's... And also, why is Batman in such pain there and, and rubble where Joker seems to be out so that when Catwoman comes up, they can fight? Uh, I just, I don't understand. And, and then Catwoman will come in, see these dead people, see a bride, and she'll freak out like you should. And that'll be the deal where, okay, there she is then. Yes, the, the strength of Catwoman being a center for Batman and being Batman's inspiration, that's one thing. But it seems like she didn't just steal the night. She stole his emotion. She stole his passion. She stole everything from him except words delivered like a robot. That's all there is. That's, she's stolen everything. It's, it's so weird. It, it, it's a very, very odd storytelling yeah. experiment um and it's, i think it seems a success to to encourage uh somebody to experiment in this way with one of your most important characters. it's a prank jeremy it's a social experiment to see how far he can go it, it just hey, i don't understand wrong. that that i agree. and it feels irresponsible um but you know that's that's their choice. I'm not DC. And it, it is selling. It's not selling as great as I would think it would. Uh, it's selling. You know, we're down. And and he does this. He plays this game as well. So you'll be there. You'll have the sales getting near. Like they'll dip into the 80s for the first time in a long, long, long time. And that's when you'll get the wedding dress issue. And then it jumps up to 125. And then you start. It resets again. You keep having these, you know, clear, you know, peaks and valleys with this that it will never end up real bad because he'll always be hinting at the next big fan service moment that you can grab onto, which would be something along the lines, even though Selena says it in Tim Seeley's prelude with Damien, uh, you know, hey, everybody, you made it to 50. Oh, I'm going to drop it after 50. And all of a sudden, you hear that 75 there's going to be a baby now you have that again and in between you're going to have this and that he always works this thing that through every arc you're going to get that one issue where things are going to be crazy enough that you want to stay till there and that's brilliant it's it's you know devilishly brilliant but he it is a plan and it does seem to work enough but it's not giving you fans that are like these fans are just fans of this book. They're not fans of DC Comics, it seems. I talk to a lot of people, and they're like, oh, I don't read these other comics. And luckily, because Tom King doesn't deal with any continuity that goes throughout anyway, so they can just read this book and be done, and it's a quick read all the time. Not a lot of dialogue. It, it really is set up for a casual fan to just show up and say, oh, I don't really like Batman, or I heard Batman this, that. And I like this one enough, because you can read it and be done and go off. And you, you don't really have to think about anything, because nothing is invested in it anyway end of the day but um and we're almost done. my me worry and Jer- is me and jeremy can go off and rest after this i mean i i know that 
that he has got a plan for a hundred issues. Yeah. Um, fine. Yeah. My worry is, is that that becomes then the template for, for yeah. this. Well, I, I said that this is, this is my biggest fear that not just the template of, you know, that issues or whatever, but this is the template that we're going to go with other writers. You can't tell me that other writers are trying to do these, these books. And also you're, you're getting some newer writers in these workshop people and stuff like that. And they're sitting there and you get the idea that they're like, okay, I want to do this, this, but then they see Wade. I see all this stuff on Twitter. People love this, this human version, but the human version isn't really a human version. I'm going to do this. So what you do, you get your main character who doesn't really do anything, get a side character that'll come in and do all the legwork. And in the meantime, get a joke character and to say a catchphrase and off you go and i said i think that this is what we saw in sam humphrey's nightwing that mini nightwing deal when he was on where you saw guppy i mean if you don't think guppy was thrown in there because people went gaga over a kite man i i think you're fooling yourself and it didn't hit as much it's it's not batman it's nightwing but this is i think that this is what we're gonna get and this is not good uh first off it's not good because every writer should write their own deal and have a diversity of that and luckily tom king's here if this is what a lot of people like, uh, I'm glad that they have somewhere to go and read it. Uh, the, where I go with this, and I'll say this as an end, and Jeremy has about 20 seconds left that I will let him finish. But because everybody if, – and if you're listening to this, obviously this has been – Pretty much, we don't talk about Batman on the regular podcast. This rant raves a Tom King hate fest. Yes. Now, here's the deal. You love your Batman. That's great. I, because I'm doing a Batman, or Batman, a DC Comics podcast, that never has to mean that I have to like anything. So if I don't like Batman the way you like Batman, that's not, there's no anything that I should be doing it. I shouldn't like it more than you because I have a DC Comics podcast. And really, a lot of it boils down to you can read it, sit there, go, that's okay, and go, boom, and go. When you get to the point where you have to talk about it on a podcast and actually justify everything you think is good or bad or whatever, I do think that you're going to start to see the cracks in there that you think are nitpicks, but they're not when you're trying to justify it on a podcast where if I said it's a 10 out of 10, but have 50 million problems, then, you know, then I look like a fool. I look like somebody who's just doing this. I never want to look like any shill. I don't want to look, but again, I'm not doing this because I want to prove that I'm edgy and and crazy. I'm doing it because this is what I think about this run of Batman, and it is infuriating me, and, and it just upsets me so much. And then I, I, it's just the way I am. I feel like I have to convince people of what I think, and I know that's wrong. I know that I should not do that. But when something's as clear cut as this, and as Jeremy's talking about it, I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I, why aren't other people seeing this? Uh, but maybe I, I keep saying it. Maybe they're the lucky ones that can just kind of gloss over this stuff and have some fun but i'm gonna let jeremy in and i think <laughs> i think that would be that would be a real shame it would be a shame and what he's saying is because i interrupted him oh this is the template for every book going forward in dc comics as a whole but we will see um 
I apologize for this being so long. I, I ended up making it a little longer. Things that I wanted to get off my chest. Yeah. And, and I thought. And that's what this is about. And again, this is not, hey, everybody, I didn't set this up. Hey, everybody, call in. I don't listen to these beforehand. I don't tell anybody they have to call in and talk about this, that, or the other thing. In reality, if I was the businessman that some people claim I am when they go with the negativity and things like this, I would try to get these not on here because then there's no reason to go and talk. I, I basically told everybody my review of Batman here that we talked about on Patreon, but I don't mind because I like to talk to people. And I like to talk with Jeremy and Dancing Mike and Luke and everybody else. And please, everybody else, I stress, call in and, and give your opinion if it's two seconds long or two hours. You know, just call in and say, you know what? I like Batman. I'd like to hear this. I'd love it if somebody did you know, send in a rant and rave to the point where they love Batman. And if they want to talk about it, screw the rant and raves. I'll have you call in for a rant and rave deal. We'll do it live on Skype. And I promise you, it will not be me trying to make anybody look like a fool. And I would hope that you would not be trying to make me look like a fool, which is very easy to do. But it would just be a discussion. And I'd love to have somebody, I'd love it to get somebody on here that would, would want to convince me to like this run of Batman and tell me why you like it and do that sort of thing and yeah it always seems like this is skewed or we don't play this or there's a a mail please mail in do whatever if you are a fan of any book that me and eric don't like i mean you all knew dave the guy loves hellblazer he's he's loony he's he's uh, you know insane in the membrane but i i respect what he likes and doesn't like and what i like and he respects what i like and don't like uh so yeah please don't think that this is just set up as a hate fest for a certain book now batman came in this week uh next week i would hope that we're not gonna have rant raves about batman again unless it's somebody reacting to this i please write in something or call in something positive i'd love that i'd love to hear that perspective uh so yeah i'll I'll let jeremy finish we still have a couple seconds but yeah please do that that would be so awesome rather than send in a ludicrously long email I'd, I'd, <laughs> that i will I'd fumble heavy, through with your <laughs> big words myself but anyway uh, thank you for your indulgence uh i hope you are well and i'll speak to you soon Take i care. will Bye-bye. speak to you and thank you jeremy uh, and thank you, everybody else and everybody listening to us. I know it's a long deal. It's funny when we do these sort of things. I sit there. I'm like, boy, we have a long podcast. And then I decide, you know what? It's so long. I'll put these rant raves separate because of the whole idea of, you know, some people don't want to listen to, you know, nine hours of things. And I figure this, this rant and raves, uh, some people listen, some people don't. This would be the opportunity that if they want to listen, you can listen to it and do all that. And then I sit there and like, this rant and rave podcast today is longer than a lot of the podcasts. I think any podcast that I listen to this week, I'm like, oh my goodness. And, and I hope that you realize that don't blame, you know, Luke, Mike, uh, and Jeremy, don't blame yourself because if I wanted to get through this quick and, and mail it in, I could. I could not even talk or whatever. Obviously, I can't stop myself. I cannot stop myself from getting angry. But it's not even anger. It's just frustration. And I do like talking about these things. So that is it. That's the end of episode three. 
again, if you want to call in to the Rant and Rave line, you can call in. I wish that I had. I may be able to give you the number one last time. It is 641-715-3900. Enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. Uh, if you don't want to do that, and I actually, I mean, all in all, the better sound quality does help if you end up recording something and then sending it in. And you'd send it to the email, weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, and I will play and talk, uh, you know, with, over, around anything that you guys send in and keep doing this as long as everybody seems to like it. So let me know about that as well. As Luke told me earlier, he said he loved it, but he doesn't count. He's one that gets involved. So of course, you like it, Loki, son of a bitch. Uh, go buy some bread and do whatever you do. Keep doing what you're doing, Luke. That's what I have to say. But thanks, everybody. I, I hope that, you know, what we said was at least, uh, you know, even if you didn't agree that you can kind of listen. Also, uh, I did mention on the Slack at one point, I think, or maybe on one of the podcasts, they, they all run together now, uh, that Reggie had suggested, like, instead of this, I stop the rant and raves and we have a call-in show once a week with stuff like this I actually would love doing that and I'm actually trying to figure out the semantics of that uh, that would be a lot of fun I think that that would be a hoot and yeah then you can call in and just yell and scream at me awful things and yell and say I'm an idiot and stuff like that would be hilarious people would like that so I'm, I'm looking into that to possibly be a live rant and rave show uh, with Colin. So we'll see if that can be worked out. But until then, we'll have this. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to end now by telling you, uh, keep on ranting and or raving. Oh!